This is The Gorge, a podcast where my friend Sarah and I gorge ourselves in overanalyzing a game or game-related topic. The Gorge is brought to you by Patreon. If you go to thegorgepodcast.patreon.com, or no, I'm sorry, that's patreon.com slash thegorgepodcast, you can give us money and we will give you cool things. Uh, Sarah, what are we talking about tonight? Tonight we're talking about, it's it's Indie Week, and we're talking about Undertale. Yes, Undertale. Yeah. For the PC, and then really weirdly, for the PS4 and the Vita. It, it's on the Vita too? Yeah, it came out on the Vita huh. too. So, uh, oh, so yeah, cool. Undertale. Um, so, this is a game that requires a lot of discussion. Um, mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty damn good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay, uh, that'll be it for us. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at the Gorge Podcast. Um, you can email us at thegorgepodcast at gmail dot com. Sarah, what's your other podcast like? Hey, I'm in another podcast. It's a podcast where me and some friends get together and play tabletop games. It's called Big Gay Nerds. We're on SoundCloud at Big Gay Nerds. We're on Tumblr at Big Gay Nerds, and you should come check us out. Uh, we're playing the Quiet Year right now, and it's a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, yeah. So that'll do it for us. Um. Good night, everyone. Good night. Okay, no, 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 no. There's there's way, way more to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we're fucking around. Uh, but the general, I mean, yeah, for real, the general just is just that uh, Undertale is really good. It's, it's really, really good. It's really good. Undertale is, I am behind on a lot of video games. Um, I'm actually, right now, I'm also playing Last of Us for the first time. Um I'm, I am behind on a lot of video games because other video games take up with my time, and I usually don't feel any kind of, like, regret about, like, not playing a game when it came out, because, like, realistically, you can't play every single game that comes out when it comes out, because you, we're human, you know? We don't have enough time in the day. We tried it this um, year, and it didn't work. It didn't work. It nearly drove us crazy. <laughs> so, um, and we still miss we're, things. We miss Prey yeah. and a few other things like that. Um, but... Undertale is probably the only game that I have ever genuinely regretted not playing as soon as it was out. Yeah, not getting not getting right in like on the on the start of everything. Yeah, on the ground floor when like everything was hot and there were theories flying everywhere and it was completely insane and and everybody loved yeah. it, you know, and you had a lot of people. And I mean like there's still like a huge like there's still a lot of conversation around Undertale, but I feel like it it just would have been great to play it when it first came out and, like, let, you know, so everybody could, like, see, like, oh, man, this is something really, really special. Because that's exactly what Undertale is. Um, it is incredibly special. It is yeah. something else. Now, um, for this episode, um, because it is Undertale and because there, because we haven't played it, there's probability mm-hmm. of other people who haven't played it yet. Right. So, I want to, like, do, like, what we normally do for RPGs like this, where we talk about the mm-hmm. mechanics first before we go into spoilers, because, hey, there's there's a lot of spoiler There's a lot to spoil. In, um, in this yeah. game. 
Um, but there's there's also a lot about like the gameplay, the presentation, and stuff that we can talk about without get without getting into like character analysis or plot analysis. Right, and and the yeah, I don't want to spend too long on like that on all that stuff because for one, like it's that stuff is good, but like that's not the meat of the game. Um, so if you haven't played, if you're like one of us and you haven't played Undertale yet, um, go play it. Like really, just do yourself a favor. It honestly does not take that long to clear the two major routes. Um, and and I mean, I think I put a, a total of maybe twelve to fifteen hours well, into Undertale. I mean, maybe not even that much. They they like he knows the game is short because it doesn't keep track of your hour count. It keeps track of your minute keeps count. Track of your minute count. <laughs> Yeah, so I would say I put about maybe 12 hours into it. Um, maybe a little bit less even than that, now that I think about it. Um, that feels generous. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's short, and, and it's worth your time, and it's worth your money. It's on sale on Steam right now, I think. Um, so yeah, go check it out. It's totally worth your money. Um, and it's even on the PS4 and the Vita, for God's sake. Which, all, uh, like we've said before, all RPGs should be on mobile devices. Absolutely, all RPGs should be on some sort of mobile device because that's what they're made for. Although Undertale might make you cry in public, so <laughs> maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, no, like obviously this is not a spoiler. But like the whole thing about Undertale is that you can go through the whole game without actually getting, without actually fighting any enemy. You there's always <laughs> yeah, a way. Killing anything. And it it turns the game in from like a standard JRPG into like. A oh, JRPG, just a regular RPG. Uh. <laughs> it's very clearly based off of JRPG yeah. tropes, though. It's okay if you, uh, if you call it that. It changes it from like a, a standard like that with kind of like a gimmick into more of like uh, an action puzzle game, or like a weird action Phoenix Wright game, like an action like you know, like an adventure game. Yeah, plug thing like where you you like, solve little puzzles. So when I say, like, an action-adventure game, I don't mean, like, a, like a Horizon-style action-adventure yeah. game. I mean, this is an adventure game with fighting game elements. Yeah. Or top-down shooty-bang elements. Yeah, weird, like, like real-time puzzle-solving and uh, bullet-dodging and trying yeah. to, to figure out how to get out of an encounter without fighting. Yeah, it's interesting. This is the second game this year um, that dropped bullet hell mechanics on me out of nowhere. And I'm <laughs> yeah, like, will you people please stop right. doing this yeah. to me? <laughs> like, I mean... You have to stop. Nears were a lot more straightforward, but yeah, it's like the same the same kind of, like, thing. I didn't expect it going in. I really, like, I knew, like, it was, like, uh, like a RPG stuff. Um, so I, I figured it would be... I knew that because it's, like, a quirky RPG, it would have some sort of weird mechanic in the battle system, you know, like, like, Mario RPG and stuff like that. Um, but I didn't realize it would be a bullet hell, and so I'm like, oh my god, Toby Fox. <laughs> that this again? Really? I have to keep dying over and over again? Fine. Fine. Now, for- fortunately, like... There's there's an abundance of save points. So like, oh, there's save points everywhere. So it's fine. Yeah, you are never like caught going back and forth. And even there are certain points where it's like, do you want to skip the boss intro? Oh my god, which is so important, yeah. especially for like the Metaton. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but you know, it it was it's fun. It makes what? me want to play. Um, I've never played Earthbound before. Yeah, this is that's. I mean, it's. 
there's no there's no secret that yeah, this is there's a lot of Earthbound in this game. Well, he, well, uh, well, Toby Fox made Earthbound like ROM yeah, hacks, ROM and hacks, stuff. yeah. So like, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of Earthbound slash Mother in here. Um, and playing it, you know, I've kind of like, I know I need to play it, and that's a whole other conversation. I can already hear Ben on his side of the line, like, breathing heavily, like, play Earthbound. Um, and I know, I know. Um, but I can never find the motivation for it, and now, like, this is kind of like my weird motivation, because I'm like, oh, okay, I kind of get it now. Like, I don't know. Quirky, weird, small, slice of lifey RPG was not something, um... And not, not to say that it didn't appeal to me, it was just not, like, on my high-priority list. Yeah, it's, it's something that you kind of, like, notice and acknowledge, but you there was no drive beforehand to get into it. To track it down and actually play it, yeah, because it's like, I have all these other games, and they're a bit more, like, higher-octane, and that's more kind of what I usually go after. Um, and so, but now I, like, I play Undertale, and I'm like, oh, I could probably play other games like this and really enjoy them, and probably get really, really lost in them, so... Yeah, I'll probably play Earthbound at some point next year. So yeah, don't worry. Um, <laughs> and like, yeah. So the, the whole mechanics behind like, and you find like, nego- like basically negotiation processes, and like, mm-hmm. you know that that whole thing and dealing with these things, and also the, fuck, the presentation is great. The music and the character designs are just phenomenal. I mean, they're amazing, especially, like, the music is a gimme, like, we won't even waste time on the music, because I think everybody on the internet knows that Undertale has, like, one of the best soundtracks ever. Yeah, and it is just, yeah, it's it's great. It's it's perfect. I mean, it's, like, basically perfect. Like, you Um. know, everyone points at Megalovania, and yes, Megalovania is a good song. It's not the best song in the soundtrack. No, it comes close. <laughs> yeah. But um Megalovania, I mean like Megalovania just rules. Like yeah. l- like I've been saying to a few people now that like yeah, the Undertale fandom has ruined a lot of things, like most things, but um not even they can ruin how fucking radical Megalovania actually is. Uh and then I mean there's other stuff like uh Battle Against a True Hero and Save the World and um Heartache. Asgore's Heartache yeah, is my heartache favorite is theme. Super good. Bone Trussle is amazing. Um, like all of the boss, like every boss theme is so good. Uh, people sleep on Muffet's theme a lot, and like I'll fight every single one of you because while the Muffet fight is horrible, um, Spider Dance is great. Spider Dance is amazing. Like Spider Dance is incredible. Um, although Muffet is probably the closest I've ever come to just rage quitting <laughs> the game forever. Um, but yeah, and then like the the thing is like in my notes I put that um like with Undertale like with just the the look of the game I was like what if NES games didn't look like dog shit, um and that's kind of what Undertale is because it's not quite as like detailed as like your standard SNES game because like when I think SNES I think of uh, like Chrono Trigger, yeah Chrono Trigger um, Final Fantasy VI that kind of design those more like and I know that like technically Undertale is based off of SNES games like Earthbound. Um, but I look at it and I think more like a like a late NES game instead. Yeah, it is, and so it's. I, I would put oh, it. I would put it more on par with like, uh, the Mega Man, the NES Mega Man yeah. games, which like really took, they really pushed the limit for like artistic mm-hmm. value on the NES. It's like around that era, and of course, obviously, it does things the NES can't do, like the the right. the. 
animation and stuff on the NPCs and the enemies, like the way they kind of wobble is that would not be possible on the NES, but no, yeah, of but, course not. And that's where the SNES things comes from. Yeah. But yeah, it's basically like a it's like what if an NES game didn't look like dog shit? Yeah, um, <laughs> and and it looks. I mean, like I was reading before we got into this. Like some people said that the game is not. Like the like the visuals are its weakest part, and I'm like, mm, I think you're totally no, wrong. Like the, I, yeah. The visuals totally serve, ev- like if this were in a higher quality, like a 16 bit style, like a Final mm-hmm. Fantasy VI or Chrono Trigger, it would lose a lot of its charm. And I know retro throwback 8 bit stuff is kind of getting overplayed, but it really it serves a, a stronger purpose here by making everything more flat and more cartoony. Yeah, and and um I was saying it has to be I mean it, it has to be a thematic thing that that all of the monsters look so like they're so vivid and they're well animated and they have they're really expressive like especially like papyrus's animation sets. I mean they're incredible. Um and like the monster like it's a weird detail but the monster kids fall animate like when he falls yeah. over. That animation is great. Like it it is it, coming from somebody who actually did go to school for animation for a few years before dropping out. Um, it has just like an excellent sense of like comedic timing and kind of like a push and pull where he gets his. It kind of looks like he gets his face stuck on the ground. Um, it's great, and all of this contrasts beautifully to Frisk and their god awful animations, <laughs> where they just like when they're knocked out in the sewers, which is not a spoiler, um, or in the garbage heap. They're knocked out, and you press X, and their character, their little sprite, just lifts. Like, there's no animation of them sitting up. It just goes, you know? Yeah, the player character has very, very, very little animation going on. And that, that is actually an Earthbound thing. Really? Where the main characters of Earthbound, the, the four playable characters, have very little in the way of actual sprites they have their right. they have their uh let me see here one two three they have their seven cardinal directions because they mirror left and right and i uh, will actually six then six cardinal directions because they also mirror the the uh diagonals um they have that right and then they have ness has a bike riding animation and that's honestly about it Okay, yeah, yeah, you were blipping for just a second there. Um, we might trim this part out. So Which always happens, seems to happen 13. when I, like, have something to, like, go on about. Hello? Hey. Okay, we good now? Maybe? Talk for a Okay, minute. yeah. Um, I was just talking about Earthbound and how the sprites are very limited. Yes, okay, okay. you're good. It sounds like you're good. Alright, anyway... Um. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, it's a it's an Earthbound callback. Yeah. And um, and I mean, yeah, it's like an Earthbound call ba- callback. It also feels a little bit like a weird thematic thing. Maybe it's just that Frisk is so separate from the monsters. Um. But either way, like, I mean, the game itself is so, like, all of the character animations are so quirky and fun and um, they get across a lot about the characters without actually 
having a ton going on. Like, they're not overly... They're not overdone. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, like you said, it's a very short game. Yeah, it's a super short game. It's amazing. Um, and, like, like thinking of just, of just stuff that I thought looked, like, legitimately beautiful. Um, wa- every part of Waterfall is incredible. Yes. The, the, uh, specifically when you go to the, the fluorescent lake. Yes. The, oh my God. How incredible. The teal right? water is just, I was just, oh. Uh, it's breathtaking. It's so beautiful. Um. The parts where Undine Undine uh, confronts you in those really dramatically sha- like shadowed parts. Yes, where you're where she where she's backlit and it just looks so cool. Mm-hmm. Well, what I love is if you notice, like all of Undine's sprites have that dramatic shadow to them. Yes, even when she's so great. when she's not like in that situation. <laughs> she's just she's so dramatic that she just has lighting on her like that at all times, which is why she's one of the best characters in this game. Um, and then like the is it called parallax scrolling? I don't know the parts where the where the background is really way off in the distance, and you just have like Frisk, yes. like when Frisk and the monster kid are walking side by side under the umbrella, and you can see the castle in the distance. Yes, and it's that like, is is that that's 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 parallax. That's scrolling? parallax scrolling. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, you'd think I would know that term, but I'm, I, I hear it, and I'm like, I know that, but I have a heart. I'm like, that's that's what that is. Okay. Um, but yeah, even those little things. I mean, the the set pieces are great. The uh, the castle or the castle city thing when you go to meet Asgore is so cool because it's just black and white. It made me think of Nier. Yes. <laughs> I thought for a minute, I was like, ah, oh, I'm here again. Okay. Sure. I'm used to it. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, it's, it is, it's exactly the right art style it needs to be. I'm not going to say it's like the most breathtakingly visual game I've ever played, but it's... No. It's... It serves its purpose. It's like, it's exactly what that game needs to have for its art style. And it has its moments of brilliance, and that's really all it it needs. It doesn't need to be too flashy because it's a one-man... Not like a one-man dev team. There's Temi Chang and a few other people who helped, but it was mostly a one-man dev team. Yeah. Um... So, it has its moments of of genuine beauty, and uh, it's brilliant little sequences. And that's all it needs. Like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be anything else. Um, So, yeah. And, and... Yeah. That'll... That's, like, the non-spoiler review. It is a... That's the non-spoilery part. It's a fun game to play, and it looks really nice, and it has great music. That's... So, let's get into it! Oh, boy! Uh, yeah, this is, like, your, like, last warning. If you've managed to go two years without being spoiled, and frankly, I actually did manage to go two years without, like, spoiled. Like, I knew a few things, but I didn't know a lot. Um, if you've managed to go this long, then turn it off now. Go play the game. Won't take you long. Come back here and listen to us lose our minds about how fucking good this game is. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, do you want to start? Um, where, where? I don't know. I, That's why I'm asking you. I took notes on all, on the the main boss monsters, the main characters, mm-hmm. um, and just like the meta story stuff. And I don't know. Do you want to just go down the boss the boss rush? Uh, yeah, we can do the boss. Where's my Where's my Undertale notes? I thought I had them open. I didn't. Uh, oh, they're there. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, we can just kind of go down each each boss each boss character and then just and, and see where that conversation like leads because leads yeah it, it's because it, it's gonna be a weird back and forth a lot of this I, like it's gonna be a ride so yeah like I've, I'm like I want to keep things organized for like in the future because we've been lack we've been slacking on that lately but like it's hard <laughs> for Undertale but how do you do it. <laughs> Like, where do you even start? I don't even know where to even begin, except that, like, I have such a nice... Like, I get why people are obsessed with this game, and I know Toby Fox is, tries to discourage, like, obsession. Like, he likes... He doesn't have a problem with fandom, but it's obsession that's kind of the problem. And... But I get it, because it is, like, a weird cozy feeling it, the whole time you're playing the game. It you know? really hits... Like, there's a lot of games that hit on an emotional level. Like, say, The Last yeah. of Us. Yeah! But, I'm about to find out. But, you know, this and, this is kind of like... This is the opposite of what Doki Doki Literature Club does. Right. Which is where Doki Doki Literature Club scares you by addressing you directly, the player... Mm-hmm. Undertale makes you feel really good by talking to you, the player. Yeah, and and you know the, that is a good point because DDLC and and Undertale do a lot of the same things, and it's very obvious that Dan Salvato was uh, heavily inspired by Undertale, and that's fine. Um, you know, Toby Fox even mentioned in his in his one year anniversary post that. He really looks forward to you know the, to the game that's better than Undertale that was inspired by Undertale, um, and so yeah, Dan Salvato was pretty obviously inspired by um, by Undertale when he made DDLC, and and you know it, it's interesting that they both use the same, and there even are a few of those same like scare moments where the game will shut down on you and. You know, the computer itself feels a little cursed at points. Um, but where DDLC uses that to make you feel uncomfortable for horror, Undertale uses it to be like, you have control over this world, but these are, you know, like, not to get too... Uh, philosophical at the beginning of the video or of the the podcast, but like we all kind of have at least a little bit of control over our lives, and it's like kind of you could choose to totally implode everything and destroy it, but you don't because you have people that you care about, and that's kind of what Undertale does too. It's like yeah, you have God willing, you have this option to, um, you have this option to kind of obliterate everything and and you don't because the game has kind of made you feel very strongly about these characters in a, in a very short period of time. Yeah, very, very short. Yeah, like six hours is not a lot of time to get attached to mo- like most JRPGs tend to be like, you know, 30 or 40 hours at the minimum and then this right. one comes along and it is six hours and you still feel very connected to these characters Partially because you, it, they seem to address you directly so frequently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and uh, this whole idea each each section of the game ruins Snowden, Waterfall, Hotland, and uh, and New Home. Each has a character in it that is like like they're like little vignettes. 
you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so instead of having to focus on, like, a whole cast, each little section has a character that it focuses on instead. Um, so, like, Toriel, and then the Skeleton Brothers, and then Undine, and, um... Alphys, Alphys and Metaton. And, and yeah. Metaton. And, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's smart, so that you have... you. you your attention stays on those characters, so you do feel in a very short period of time you feel kind of attached to them. Um, and like it's there's a lot of really smart writing decisions in this game. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, there's a ton of them, and it does a good job of making you feel like comfortable. And the music helps, and the and the uh, the visuals help. But the I mean the big thing is that these these characters feel very like friendly. Um, there's actually there's actually even, a point I want to get to when we talk about Papyrus that is about this oh exact thing. But first, I want to talk about Goat Mom. See, we've already we've already gotten off off the rails, <laughs> so that's how it's just gonna be, yep. I guess. But yeah, Goat Mom, Goat Mom is great. Um, she it, it is a very telling thing that one of the most common stories you hear about Undertale is I accidentally killed Toriel. I did. I accidentally killed Toriel, and I felt really yeah, really bad. About I it. I um, did it too because. Actually, no, before we get too into it, I do want to tell my story of me being an idiot. Can I yes, do that? Yes, go ahead. I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm an idiot. So I was, like, expecting, like, I knew a little bit about Undertale when I got into this, and I knew, like, the game was probably going to mess with me a little bit, because, again, I had just gotten done with TDLC. So um, when I started the game, and they asked you to put in the fallen human's name, I was like, oh, it's Frisk, because I know that's the character's name, so I will name the character Frisk, and then the game is like, if you name this character this, your life will be a living hell, and I was like, uh, this just sounds like Undertale screwing with me, and then I hit go, um, and then I was playing through the ruins, and I'm like, this is really hard, like, why am I having such a hard time, am I bad at this game, and I mean, I am kind of bad at this game. But I'm like, am I just really bad at this game, or like, or what? And then I get to the Toriel boss fight, and I win, and uh, it's like, hey, congratulations, you just completed hard mode! And I was like, what? (laughs) Wait, what? Huh? So, uh, I guess I accidentally got good, although I still suck at Undertale, so not really. Um, but yeah, that's my, that's, that's me being an idiot. I'm just, I'm just... This is this is the argument against having meta knowledge in a game going into like a game like Undertale. (laughs) It's oh, I know this game's tricks. No, you don't. This game is I don't know this trick. This game's tricks, and then the the annoying dog is like you're an idiot, and I'm like oh no. Um, Although frankly, if the game had given me an option to keep playing on hard mode, I probably would have. Uh, just to, like see if I could do it, and then I'd give up about halfway through. You know, getting yeah. Well, yeah. Once you get to fun. once you get to Undine, you'd be like, no, never mind. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. Never mind. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm gonna go start this up again. But yeah, no. Um, Toriel, poor poor Toriel. Because oh, her no. her her uh, mercy is it is not intuitive compared to what else you've you've done so far. Because most of the time, like up until that point. It's been, oh, I have to talk to the thing, or I have to, mm-hmm. you know, do whatever act, act you have that mm-hmm. you think will relate to it. Eventually, like, between one or two turns, you can get the monster into mercy mode. And right. you're at Toriel, and you exhaust all your acts. And it's like, yeah, eventually it's like happens. talking is no good anymore. You, you Nothing is changing. And there's no indication that it's just survive X number of rounds... Right. Until she gives up. So, yeah, it's very common to, like, 
you, your your brain as as a seasoned RPG player or like someone who understands the way tropes work, one of the mm-hmm. things your brain automatically might go to, or, or not automatically, but eventually get to, is oh, she was very discouraging of fighting. I bet I have to whittle her HP down mm-hmm. until she gives up or until my character has the choice of giving up. And right. you kill her! And whoops, you kill her! And actually, that's a, a fun mechanic in the game, is that as as bosses get lower on health, you do more damage, like, per hit. Yeah. So, um, like, the last hits to, like, Toriel do way more damage than the first hits. And so, whoops, you accidentally killed Toriel. And I think, I mean, like, it's intentional. Like, I oh, know yeah. it's intentional. Yeah. Because it's there to teach the player two things. One, that you you can't just kill your way to winning. Uh, which kind of s- comes back to you later in the game. Um, and then two, most players, I don't know about all, but a, yeah. a lot of Hold players on. will sit, go, oh shit, I just killed Toriel. And they'll reload, and they'll try it again, and they'll find a way to spare her, and then they'll get to the next room, and Flowey will call you out on Yes. It. Yes, that is the big thing. That's the big thing, and that, and that was intentional. Yeah, I think for sure that that is ex- that is set up exactly so that happens, and mm-hmm. then now here's the thing: is I didn't actually get that. I didn't get the right. flowy conversation because right, flowy, oh. flowy. I I say flowy because flower, but I know I didn't get the flowy conversation because when Toriel went down, I closed the window. <laughs> So I don't think I don't the event the event trigger didn't go off. Oh my god, that's hilarious! So I was like, oh no, oh no, 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 and then I just oh took no. the axe and I started <laughs> opening it back up. Oh no! Like she was oh, in the midst so of funny. she was in the midst of dying, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I did. I killed her, and then I felt I was like I kind of had like that moment. I was like, should I keep playing? Like. Would it be would it be like a cowardly thing for me to reload? You know, so I'm like sitting there and I'm like, should I just should I keep playing and just kind of like let my choices fall where they may? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I thought and I was kind of like, and then I was like, no, I feel really bad for Goat Ball. No. So just this one time, <laughs> just this one time, I'll reload. You know? Yeah. And then I got that conversation immediately after, and I went, oh, shit, this game knows. Yeah, that is that is absolutely one of those brilliant setups as to this is what the game is going to be like. Yeah, this is what the game is about, basically. Yeah, like, the, the whole Toriel encounter, not only the Toriel encounter, but the whole tutorial where she, mm-hmm. she tries to coax you into playing safe, and she mm-hmm. sm- basically smothers you with affection right mm-hmm. off the bat. And that creates... Yeah, Toriel, you can't just kidnap a baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, that sets up that... It, it sets up that one thing, these characters can and will love you. Right. It also sets up that, hey, they're not all flawless and pure-hearted and good. Right, There are yeah. some problems going on here. Most of them, 90% of them are flawed. Yeah. Except for one. Except for one because character. Because Papyrus... Yeah. Except for Papyrus, because Papyrus is perfect. Um, but everybody else! Yeah. And especially Portoriel. Um, and it, it, it sets up this great, like, it's not, like, a, a scary thing or, like, an apprehensive thing of, like, what am I getting myself mm-hmm. into? But it, it paints the image that 
this game is not going to be the happy, fun adventure that it's kind of pretending to be at first. Right. Yeah, and if you kind of, and it's kind of like, you know you're getting into something weird, because that first conversation with Floey, where they're trying to kill you, you know? Yeah. And they're like, run into the friendship pellets. Uh, and, and, you know, that first, you so see, you're like, oh, okay, so something kind of weird is going on, but, um, you know, I, because I didn't know, I only had, like, a secondhand Tumblr knowledge of Undertale, which you would think is, like, you would know everything, because I have a Tumblr. Uh, but no, I did manage to avoid a lot of spoilers, but I knew something weird was going on in the game, so I didn't, I don't know, I didn't expect Toriel to be as kind of weird and flawed as she was. And I don't know why. Maybe it's because she was, like, the mom character. Um, but she is. And and I really like that about her, especially when you do eventually get her backstory. And it's, like, one of the saddest things yeah. I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, the- this game, a lot of games don't do the dead, the dead kid thing. They do the dead parent. Yeah, thing. they do the opposite. Right. Um, they don't kill. You don't kill people's kids. You kill people's parents. Um, but this game goes pretty hard on on just straight up killing kids. There are For a sure. lot of dead babies in this game. Mm-hmm. There are there are <laughs> six, in fact. <laughs> no, there's seven. There's, technically. Yeah, there's seven. Actually, no, there's eight. Because uh, both of the kids. Yeah, you're right. So, there are eight. There are eight dead children in this game. <laughs> Which I think is some sort of record. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's um, it wasn't what I expected, but I really, really liked it. And I was, you know, because I didn't know exactly what was going on, I wasn't sure to expect the like when Toriel was kind of like, "Here's your room," and it's already got children's things in it. I was like, "Am I about to get like a weird plot twist here where she's actually a crazy person?" Like. What's going and on here? You're, you know? That's not untrue. <laughs> it's not entirely incorrect. No. But she's not like a she's not like a bad person. No. It's, she's just like a flawed yeah, person. Yeah, she is just she is in mourning and she's not behaving entirely rationally. That's all it is. And it's really sad yeah. because you know, they point you you read and you point out that like some of those kids lived with her long enough to have an assortment of shoe sizes, not just one. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is pretty, you know, like I said, pretty tragic. Uh, there's a lot of that to go around. There's a ton <laughs> to go around. There's a lot of that to go around here. <laughs> uh, so um, and then her death... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, well, no, you go first, because mine's like un- slightly unrelated. Oh, her death in uh, genocide is just like... Yes. Uh, it's like equal parts kind of badass because she goes down saying like, oh God, you're a monster. And I realized I wasn't protecting you. I was protecting them and all this stuff. But it's also like horrifying because you're like, oh no, I've become the demon. Yeah, exa- it is. Yeah, it's very much because, you know, this is a character who's, again, who has treated you with nothing but kindness. And she saved right. you and she's very encouraging about, you know, about granting mercy and about you know it's it's okay to run from battles you know there's always a way around mm-hmm. and you just stab her yeah it's it's uh <sighs> you know what i mean i know exactly <laughs> what you mean it is the 
feel like genocide is like its whole is like a whole side conversation we might have at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because I I have a lot of feelings about the genocide route. I feel like a lot of people do. Um, so we'll hold off on on that. But I did just want to say like her death and genocide is like kind of badass yeah. in its own. There's way, so yeah, well, there's also there's very little character development to talk about in the genocide route. So yeah, not a lot of it's going to come up here. Just misery. It's mostly just misery. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was going to say, speaking of misery, um, yes. in the in the uh, true pacifist route, mm-hmm. do you think that like by the end of it, Toriel sees Frisk and Monster Kid the way she saw Kara and Azriel? I would think so. I think she's already kind of imprinted on on Frisk, certainly like a like a mom, obviously. But uh, Monster Kid. Who is like one of the greatest characters oh, in this game? He's one of the best characters having... ever. I love Monster Kid. <laughs> Monster Kid is incredible. Uh, yeah, I could totally see it though, because I mean, like they even mention, they even make a joke out of it that all kid characters wear striped sweaters. Yeah. Um, because like Monster Kid wears one, and Frisk wears one, and obviously Kara and uh, and and uh, Azriel. Toriel. Azriel. Okay, we need to bring this up right now because I'm going to get co- confused about this. I love that Azriel has, like, a name, like an evil angel, you know? Because, yeah. like, that's obviously, like, what his character is supposed to be. But really, it's just a callback to the joke that Asgore can't name anything yep. for shit. As- because it's just a combination of his <laughs> yeah. name and Toriel's it's, name? It's, How great is that? They, Asgard and Toriel, <laughs> Asgore and Toriel named their kid after their ship name. After their- that's totally what it is! <laughs> And I think that's so, like, I love, there's there's a ton of little moments like that in this game. Of just these little teeny tiny, like, like when you think about them for more than five seconds, you're like, ah, oh, that's how, that's how, so charming. Like, the like again, Asgore can't name things for shit. He names the, the new capital, new home, for example. And then he can't even name his son, like, a decent name. Uh, I love stuff like that, oh my god. Uh, and, and so, yeah. <laughs> but I do totally see, like, some parallels yeah. between, uh, between Monster Kid and, and, and Azrael and Kara and Frisk, especially mm. with this whole idea. Again, kind of towing back into genocide, where it's, like, Azrael realizing, like, oh, my, my friend, this person I consider my friend and my sibling might be a crazy person? Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of, like, the, the duality that the player can have in this game, where it's like, are you a bad person or not? Yeah, exactly. Um, And it's great. So, uh, let's talk about the best character in the game. Yeah, I was, that was my, that was gonna be my transition. I was like, do I have anything else to say about Toriel? I'm good right now. Like, I'll probably, like, loop the, back around to the it. The mor- moral of it will come up when we get to Asgore and, you know, right. closer to the end. But, and, uh, yeah, the best, the best character in the game is Papyrus. Papyrus is the greatest character in this entire game. He, like, for sure. 100%. He's just the best. He, Papyrus rules. He is the ultimate character. He, there is nothing bad you can say about Papyrus. <laughs> You, there's nothing like Papyrus is the only character in this game who is like just a good dude. Yeah. He's just a good he's, ass dude, damn it. He is the only character in the game that cannot kill you. And he doesn't. God bless him. All these other people are trying to kill a toddler. He, and and like, Papyrus is like, I'm just going to put you in my shed. You uh you can die to Toriel. 
Yeah. Uh, if you are at a at like the cusp of HP when she does her attack and you manage to get hit three times in mm-hmm. her attack, you can die against her. You cannot right. die against Papyrus. Which is great! Come on! <laughs> and every time he locks you in the shed, it has like new notes and like things inside the shed have changed. Like he puts a hot dog in, in the food bowl like the second time around, which is amazing. Like and and <laughs> like there's so much that's just so, so fun and charming about it. So here's some He's the only character who doesn't give up on you in the genocide yeah. route. Stuff like that. I uh I, I read a little bit about him on the on the Wikipedia page like just to kinda catch up on him. Also because I wanted to look at his his cool dude shirt again. His cool dude shirt is amazing. It's the best. Yeah. Uh, and his And his jog, jog boy, boy shirt. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Papyrus apparently was originally going to be a yes, shut in, like a yep, a like a neck beard neck, with a with a fedora and everything. yeah, neck beard brony character. And then yeah. Toby Fox was like, no, the whole point of the game is that every character you meet is very endearing in some capacity, in some way or another, they're very right. endearing and charming. Otherwise, that that goes against what Undertale is about. Right. And so instead of that, he turned Papyrus into the best character in the game, who is the ultimate the best friendliest ever. fun guy ever. Even, like, even when you call Papyrus a loser, and why would you do that, you monster? Um, but even then, he's like, he says stuff like, well, you don't need to insult yourself. And you're just like, oh! Like an arrow, like Cupid's arrow through my heart. I just immediately fell in love with this big, I, like, within two seconds... I didn't want to be so stereotypical, but within like two seconds of of meeting the skeleton the skeleton brothers, I was like, "Oh no, they're the best!" Oh, oh it, no! What what's his line when you when you is when you're starting the date and he's like, "Wow, we just started. I'm already in the friend zone." Yes. Oh, I love him. It's so good. Like, and and the the part. <laughs> Where he sets up the trap, like the ultimate puzzle trap on the bridge, and it's like, there's like fire, and a spear, and a cannon, and the annoying dog just <laughs> hanging from a rope, spinning in circles, like, and and the annoying dog eating Papyrus's special attack uh, in the middle of combat. How great and is I, that? I love the bridge bit, because like, when it started happening, like, I know what's going to happen, and it's my it's one right. of my favorite jokes ever, which is when the guy has his ultimate death trap, but he's mm-hmm. too nice to implement it, but he wants to save face. Right. And it's just, that's so charming and endearing, and oh my god, Papyrus is the best. Papyrus is the best character, because he's just so enthusiastic, like, especially if you, like, keep solving the puzzles. Like, he doesn't even try to capture you, like, when you're solving his puzzles, because he just wants somebody to solve his puzzles, man. Yeah. And and if you do, he is like, you are best friends now, or the, my dude. Or, or the, my other favorite one is when it's the, the random block puzzles, and yes. he's, like, giving you all the instructions, like, which color to avoid and what each color means, and then yeah, the yeah. random generator just makes a straight line for you. <laughs> yes! Oh my god! 
end when he's like, when he says like, did you get all of that? And like, one of Frisk's lines is, of course not. And so then he like tries to repeat it all back, but he keeps getting it wrong. And like, Alphys's handwriting is so bad that he can't decipher her notes. So he just, and then he's eventually, if you don't, like, if you ask him to repeat them again for like a third time, like, you didn't get this, obviously, but if you ask him to repeat them again, like, a third time, he'll go, I'm just going to leave these notes here, and you can calibrate the puzzle and do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but the machine is broken! Like, if you do try to do it yourself, it won't even turn on. It, it really, Papyrus' whole thing with the puzzle, the whole puzzle trap is... That long, that old, old 1990s fake email where it's like, this is a Polish virus. Please yeah. delete all the files in your System32 folder. Thank you and have a great day. <laughs> and that's, and I, I love it. It's so much fun. And, you know, it's great because you're also making Sans happy by entertaining his brother. Right. And, and, and. And like the bit when you when you hang out with him, and like T- Toby Fox himself pointed it out on Twitter, and I didn't even notice it until I saw it on somebody else had like reposted a screenshot of it. When you go to Undine's house for like her quote unquote date, um, he wipes his feet before he goes into her house. <laughs> How cute is this skeleton? I I love him. I mean, like he is just so in like instantly endearing. I did not expect it either because he's such a goofball and I was like, oh boy, here we go. Like another like comic relief character. But no! He is like exactly comic relief character done right where he's just like super... I say this a lot on the podcast and I'm going to use the word again. He's earnest about everything yes. he does. He's he's genuine about everything. There's no artifice. Like, every other character in this game is hiding something from you. Not Papyrus. Papyrus is pure-hearted as the snow. Okay? He's great. He's great. Yeah, and he really... It really serves to make all the other characters stand out even more. It's it's a great... Mm -hmm. It's one of the things I go back to all the time, which is contrast. You know? The the importance of having stark contrast in your story and your characters Mm -hmm. to, to develop, you know, all of them as a whole... And having Papyrus be this good-natured character who sees the positive in everyone and everything, who mm-hmm. is who's who is quite strong, and the reason that Undine will not make him part of the Royal Guard is because she doesn't want to corrupt him. Yeah, she just she she knows he's like physically strong enough, but she likes his innocence and like his sweetness, and you know, so that's why she's te- teaching him how to cook instead. Poorly, but she's teaching him how to cook. Um, and like, how great is that? He, you know, he totally could hold his own, and and he's kind of got like a bit of badass in him, but he just doesn't want to use it because he'd much rather be friends with everybody instead. Because he wants, he just wants to have a bunch of friends, which is great, yeah. you know. Like, he he says he's made a friend. He's he's got he he's uh he's like a dozen away from having double digit followers on like social media <laughs> and stuff. And I'm like, oh my god, I love you. <laughs> you know? And uh, and his date, I mean, I, we already said it, but really, when the dating like sequence started, I don't think I've laughed that hard oh, in a while. Oh, it's so perfect. They have the music it's playing, so the intense, funny. action-y music. 
Yes, and, he, and the, the the each each dance like each date song has like you know like dates like like each track is called like you know date song and then like one is called like date fight and the other is like date tension and it's so good the stats all <laughs> popping up and <laughs> when he and he's when he put on the cool dude shirt I was oh man I was, I was like I'm done I'm done there's this is the best. This is the greatest moment <laughs> in video game character. history. This is this is the best character in video games because um no what does what does surpass cool dude is Jog Boy. Jog well yeah, well then I see Jog Boy at the end and I'm like, okay, well that's even I it, <laughs> that's, how, how, how do you beat that? How do you how do you top that? You can't <laughs> How do you top I was like, how do you top cool dude? Oh, with Jog Boy. Jog Boy. Yeah. Okay. Jog Boy, who knew? Him, Fine. Him popping out, out of the garbage. <laughs> With one hand in the yep. air, smiling and just jog boy. <laughs> it, 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 it's perfect. It, it's perfect. It's incredible. Um, it's ideal. It's ideal. It's perfect. I mean, we could probably do a whole podcast about how great pa- pa- just Papyrus is. The great Papyrus. Because, that's like, what he. Is. He's the great. Papyrus. The great Papyrus. That's exactly it. That is his name, and and it's why I love him. And I, I just gotta give a quick shout out to his bug eye. Expression because it's oh my best. god, it's, which is now which is our which is our title uh, card, our title yeah, card because I've already made it. Oh my god, it's just it's so I love it, I love that expression because it, it's so funny. It's the and only time either of the skeletons have eyeballs like full on <laughs> eyeballs, not just the, the like, iris, like an actual eyeball right. is only when Sans tells him a bad pun. And and how relatable is Papyrus to me because he also hates. <laughs> All of Sans's <laughs> shitty, shitty jokes. I was instantly like, "Oh, this character understands me." Okay, I'm glad somebody does out here in this fucking world because everybody else wants to tell dumb puns. And then here's Papyrus, like bone jokes. <laughs> you know, somebody understands me out here in this world. Now, now I want, and I, we didn't do this for Toriel, but I want to do this for Papyrus because I realized. Uh, we, we talked about this earlier for Sans, but Papyrus, I told you, is Richard Horvitz. It's Zim oh, yeah. and, and Daggett and Billy from Billy and Mandy. Um, Toriel is Mary Elizabeth McGlynn. Do you think? I think doing doing um, uh, Dr. Mahesh Warren. Okay, yeah, I get it, because Mahesh Warren's uh, Children with Swords joke. Yes. Yeah, I can hear it. Because I always think of Mary Elizabeth McGlynn as, like, you know, the main... Yes. Character. But I can get it. Yeah, I feel it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, and then... Uh, I like the Richard Hor- I like the Richard Horvitz. Oh, yeah, he's, to- because... he's totally Richard Horvitz. He totally has to scream every he's... single line he says. Yeah, of course. And Richard Horvitz is, uh, is Raz in Psychonauts. Yes, him too. Yeah, and... Psychonauts. Yeah, he's in Psychonauts. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he does the perfect voice in Psychonauts. Like, yeah, I'm totally with you. 100%. I'm with you. And, uh, so... Yeah, I, then we'll, we'll do Sans when we get to him, like, but... Papyrus, he's, he's just the best. He's the. I mean, like, how can you nod this fucking character? Everything he does is so charming, and the fact that like he wears the same outfit that his, he like his brother helped him make, like, oh, I love it's, him. It, it's I, very telling that like killing Papyrus in the genocide route, or if any any route, mm-hmm. killing Papyrus will will without anything else. Will immediately turn Sans and Undine on you. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. You basically can't like befriend them. Yeah, like I, I also uh, read that if if Papyrus is the only person you kill, um, mm-hmm. Undine does not give any, give any speeches. She does not do any dramatic, you know, anything dramatic. Oh with really? It. 
she will really? just fight you. Oh man. Well, see, yeah, because you don't kill the nicest guy in the game, damn it. Yeah. Like, like, like I said, we're not going to talk about genocide right now. Um, but like, Papyrus still thinks you can be a good person. Yeah. <sighs> Even after after all of that, because for you to be so like. For you to be on the genocide route when you get to Papyrus means you've had to already depopulate two whole areas. Like you yeah. have to you have to depopulate the ruins and you have to depopulate all of the Snowden area to to still be on the genocide route and insta kill Papyrus when you fight him. Um because only two boss fi- two two boss fights in this game are in the genocide route are true boss fights. Uh, everybody else is is one hit killed because, um, like the way they explain it in. Sorry, I've got my window open, oh. so if you can hear a train <laughs> right now, it's because like I needed to get some fresh air. Um, but so like they explain it in the story that as a human gets more detached from being a person and grows more like malevolent. Um. Their ability to kill monsters gets more intense, and so like that's why you can that's why they one hit kill like Toriel and Muffet and Papyrus, um, because like your your the intensity of your malevolence is so strong that you can just kill them instantly, and and even then, so you've had to kill all of these like monsters to get to Papyrus, and even then he's still like. I know you've done a lot of bad things, but I still believe in you. And I'm like, Papyrus, I feel like a bad person just watching this on YouTube. Forgive me. Yeah, it, it, he's just... Ugh. He's the best. He's the best. Like, he's so... He's genuine. There's no artifice in the way he acts. He's just friendly, and all he wants to do is be buddies with Frisk. And the bit when he calls you in the middle of running away from Undine. Yes! Oh, oh, and even better is when, like, he's asking Frisk what they're wearing, like, to make sure Undine can't see them. I love the line, um, it's something like, he's talking about Undine talking about Frisk, and he says, The the vibe I'm getting from my friend toward you is a bit murdery. I know, right? <laughs> and I just think that line is so funny. <laughs> oh, it's so good. <sighs> <sighs> this skeleton man and his dumbass cape. And, uh, and and like just as one other thing, he has great animations, like like all of his little like poses and stuff. Yes. He's really animated compared to other char- like the other characters in this game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he has lots of angles and stuff, which is cool. Yeah. Papyrus rules. He's great. Papyrus rules. So yeah. Next uh, what's next? Well it's the sands, obviously. Is Sans I thought, okay? I guess he'd count. Yeah. he'd count as next. I wasn't sure if it'd be Undine next or not. Um, so yeah, but yes. Yeah, I mean, the Skeleton Brothers are kind of introduced around the same time, but yeah, yeah, they're kind of a they're kind of a duo. So yeah, we'll talk about we'll talk about Sans. Why not? Sans rules. He is. Yeah, he. There's <laughs> Sans rule. I know there's a lot around Sans when it comes to Undertale, but Sans is fucking cool. Yeah, there's not there's not a bad character in this bunch for sure. No, of course not, and for sure. You said today that Sans's voice actor is critical, and that's 100% accurate. It's critical! That's the only person. It's the it's the only person 
who, because I was like sitting, I don't even know what, I was like driving home from work today, and I was, I was probably, I think I was listening to Megalovania because I have a playlist, of course I do, um, and like in the middle of coming back from the store, I was just like, (gasps) Eureka! (laughs) Oh my god! Because it's like, like his little, his like voice tones, like his little bleep boops, are like like you know like they yeah 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 and and like that's exactly what critical sounds like all of the time so it's perfect um you know let's do this shit yeah exactly (laughs) that's it (laughs) um but like yeah sans despite being a pun loving fuck uh is cool sans is cool like i get it i do his uh his the way he he teases Frisk, uh, the way he's always like looking out for his bro, you know, he, mm-hmm. he, the whole thing is that he's like, hey, can you play along with with all this? Because my bro would be really happy if you did that. Okay, okay. Here's the thing: the exact moment you you would have to be dead inside to not like Sans. The exact moment is when Papyrus has run off and it's just Frisk and Sans. And he's talking about, like, Papyrus's like, goofiness. And then he says, with, like, out a single bit of irony, he's like, my bro is pretty cool, huh? Yes! How great is that line? Right? Oh, like, oh my god. Like, you have to be dead inside to not be immediately endeared to this character. Yeah, because, you know, he's like, you know, it could be like, hey, can you, like, I know my brother's corny, but he really likes this. It's no, right. my brother's pretty cool, isn't he? And it's yes. And for one, yeah, he's right. Papyrus is the coolest. Yeah. But for two, like it, it's so. It, it's still. It would have been so easy. It still you know? would have been really charming. That yeah, even though he thinks Papyrus is do is going about and being a goofball, he's still willing to make his brother happy. But no, the fact that he does think Papyrus is cool. And he's and ge- he's genuine about it. It's again, yeah, again, and, it's and he insists on it like the whole game. Yeah. He's like, yeah, Papyrus is awesome, you know. Yeah, the again, it goes back to being genuine and, and being honest, and it's just it's so it, it's it immediately puts a smile on your face because it's so nice yes. to see nice things happen. Nice things happen, and and weird characters being cool. Because, like, Sans is, like, a weirder dude. Like, he's kind of more secretive. And I think Papyrus even mentions that at one point. Like, he knows Sans is kind of, like, a weird, secretive weirdo. Um, <clears throat> but, like, when he's hanging out with Papyrus, it's just, like, 100% just, like, cool, nice, older question mark. I don't older. think it's ever actually he is, it, does it actually say in the game that he's older? Sans or is it just like a the, fandom I thing? Think, I think it says somewhere, I think he calls Papyrus little bro. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure because I was like thinking about that the other day. I was like, does it ever actually say in the game that Sans is the older of the two? Or is it just like a fandom thing because it's funny that the older brother is like a little goblin yeah. looking <laughs> fucking thing. Little guy who's, who's <laughs> barely above Frisk's height. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um... Like, yeah, and, and like, like, most of, and this is the last time I'll say it, because we are talking about genocide at the end, most of, like, the, the like, the, all the cool shit is in genocide, so we won't talk about it just yet, 
Yeah. But, like, Sans is cool. I mean, like, Sans he, is, like, Even if you don't do the genocide, cool. like, even if you don't, like, he still takes you to Grillby's, and he has that nice little heart-to-heart with you. And then right. he takes you to the, the restaurant in the hotel. Yeah. And he, he just kind of talks. And, and, oh, my God, the, the, the ending when you meet him in the Judgment mm-hmm. Hall. Oh, man, that whole part is great because there's so many variations on that. Yes. And, and like, um, like, I was level, my first playthrough I was level 8 because I was kind of like, yeah, I was doing, like, standard JRPG player thing where I'm like, well, I'll grind a little bit so I can survive this fight with Undine. Um, and, you know, like, stuff like that. So I was level 8, which is higher than the accepted level of, um like, being considered self-defense in this game. Like, before that, Sans is... I, I don't know his exact lines. He's still he's still kind of like, uh, I guess you were probably defending yourself kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Level 8 is when they're like, yeah, you were just doing that for fun. And I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> this game is hard, and sometimes I don't feel like doing the whole talking to monsters thing. I did it right the second time around. Well, well when you me. when you do get the second time around, and he d- he has that that great line of, "You didn't get any love, but you still found love." Yes, what a good and line! Just, that 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 whole thing where he talk where he talks about how like how you know he's proud of you for not fighting and for for standing up and doing things the hard way. And yeah, and then he's like, you, you did it all with a smile on your yeah. face, and, and it's like, frisk never Yeah, mind. I was like, um, X, mm. doubt. <laughs> yeah, doubt, I doubt. Making the cold felt yeah. face at you, like, mm. I don't know about that one, dude. Although, I have a theory that because Sans is in, like, a, like in a permagrin, I guess... Like, maybe, and that's, like, his neutral expression. Maybe he thinks other people's neutral expressions are, are smiles. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he, maybe uh, he thinks Frisk's just, mm, face is... It's <laughs> just a big old smile. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, he has, like, like the, the... Oh, and just as, like, an aside, the tra- I was listening to it today. The track that when you go to the restaurant in the Metaton Resort... Uh, is fucking awesome. Yes. It's called It's Raining Somewhere, and it's really, really good because it has, like, this weird, cool, like, rain sound effect in the background and, like, people, like, the muffled sound of people talking. And it's just, like, the most chill thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And I'm like, yeah, this is nice. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's that part where, like, you know, he's like, I would fucking kill you if it wasn't for Goat Mom. And I was like, oh. Yes. I was about to say, like, yeah, that whole bit where he's like, yeah, I have this... I have this nice old lady friend who we we tell dumb jokes to each other. And, uh, yeah, she's the reason you're not dead. And it's like, oh, oh, oh you were telling <laughs> Good me. Good talk, buddy. You were telling me a Good nice talk. story about a friend you made. And, <laughs> oh. Oh, thanks, I guess. Yeah. I'm eight. Nice. Not, yeah. <laughs> Like Frisk is like a baby. I I jump back and I always jump back and forth on their like on their age. I'm like they're like three. They're if like ten. I'm, they're eight. I'm going to say Frisk is at at minimum eight and at maximum twelve. I yeah, I'd say that. You know, there's there, there's no way they are not any older than twelve. There's no way they're a teenager. Yeah, absolutely not. They're they're just like this weird little sad goblin child. Like, yeah, they're they're uh, definitely 
Like, I kind of lean more toward, like, the 8-ish side, because, like, Azrael is so small, and it's kind of implied that Frisk is the same age as Azrael and Kara were when they died. Um, but I could still, that could, that's also just a result of, like, of sprite work, you know? Yeah. Kind of making everybody look a little bit smaller and squattier than they actually are. It's very hard to determine how old they are exactly, which I guess is kind of also the point, but yeah, but it's like, yeah, I'm going to say anywhere between 8 and 12, and there's no way they're any older or any younger. Either way, what I'm saying is that Sans is threatening a baby. Yeah, basically. Uh, (laughs) But like, you know, even then, it's still, you know, like, it's still, he's still just like a fun character, like the bit where uh, Undine is chasing you in Hotland, and she stops to yell at Sans because he's sleeping at a sentry station. (laughs) Which is great. Like, the first time I saw it, I, like, I was so concerned with just getting away from Undine that I was just like, wait, was that? And then my second time around, I was like, hey! <laughs> or, <laughs> you know? Um, I don't know if you got it, but I, I didn't, but I know about it, which is where you can get hot dogs to balance on your head. I didn't get it, yeah, if but you, I do yeah, know of it. If you it. buy more hot dogs than you have room for in your inventory, then Sands will start balancing them on your head. And he, he stacks like thirty yep. of them on on Frisk's head, which is amazing. Um, so, and he has that whole thing where like he loves ketchup. He loves. He drinks yeah, he it, drank, which is disgusting. He drinks which a is, bottle of ketchup. So gross to think. You about. know, if there if there is one condiment where I could probably do a glass of, it's probably Don't ketchup. Cro- oh God. Ugh. Fuck, that's so... I mean, like, just the idea of drinking condiments makes me want to gag. But especially... No. No. I don't like it. Why did you say that? A glass of ketchup. This is so unrelated, but it reminds me of that Twitter post about Persona 5. Where where it's like a catchy putting a straw on a bottle of ketchup and just drinking it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the first time I saw it too, I wanted to die. I was just like, "This is so, this is so vile." I will find this artist and kill them in their home. It's just so disgusting. Like, I don't know why, but the idea of drinking condiments of any kind just makes me want to gag. Uh, like, I'm like, I cannot. God damn it, I cannot stop imagining a glass full of ketchup, and it makes me want to. Ki- it makes me want to kill myself right now. It's so gross. Uh, why would you do that? Uh, <laughs> oh, you bastard! Oh, but that's <laughs> that's what Sans would do to Papyrus, though. Is he would put? Yeah, he would you're put right. Some kind of image in his brain that you couldn't get and out. His, and all this, and all of the fucking puns, and and um, the word jumble thing that he leaves is like his puzzle in Snowden. Oh my god. It's, it's so like, funny. Sans, put out your puzzle. Put out your puzzle for the human, and he just throws out a word jumble. It's just a word jumble. It's, it's just it's, just it's a, a junior jumble. It's yeah. and and papyrus is like those are harder. Uh, <laughs> oh man, Ugh. and like yeah, it's great. You know, and then it, you know, there's all like the oh, I was go gonna ahead. say like the fandom loves to make papyrus like sounds like a pun master. No, his puns are real bad. They're, they're amateur level bad. puns, okay, guys. They're really bad, and they're and they're really like garbage puns. They're super and, simple, and, but all puns suck. So really, there's no distinction for me. Like all puns are bad, even though like I still love this character. I don't know. 
Sans is cool. Um, it's like, Sans has a lot of like weird shit going on. Like, there's a lab, apparently, that I didn't go to. Yeah, that's, Did you know that's that? part of the, the Gaster It's like the Gaster thing. And- that reveals how he has the, uh, the, um, sta- the save, like, knowledge. Yeah, it's it's like he's like a smart dude or something. Yeah, he, I don't like know. Like how he got awareness of the uh, of the different timelines that the game the resets and stuff. Yeah, the game takes place on, and um, it's also kind of implied that that's after that event is why he's kind of like kind of more down and reclusive. Mm-hmm. And like Undine and Papyrus will mention that like Sans has gotten quieter lately. And yeah. it's because he's aware of the timelines and aware of what Frisk slash Kara does. Yeah, he mentions that in, in Genocide. He's like, like, what's the point of caring if I just know everything's going to be reset? And, like, that's really interesting. And I know there's, like, a rumor of... I mean, and obviously we can't we can't avoid the, the topic of conversation is that Sans is, like, stupid popular. Um, and, like, you know, there's there's talk of, like, maybe, like, a comic... Because that was part of the uh, Undertale Kickstarter goals. Like, after after Undertale's Kickstarter hit, like, a certain amount, it would give Toby Fox, like, some extra money to do other things. So there's kind of a talk about a comic. And I would bet dollars to donuts that it'll be... It'll be about Sans and Ga- or Gaster. Or yes, something. I would because the ga- the Gaster mem- the Gaster mystery is like the biggest one, you know. And when you have a story that has so many branching timelines and so many unique player experiences, really the only thing you can mm-hmm. do for like an official side like comic is mm-hmm. a prequel or side story. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't do like some kind of sequel or some yeah. kind of whatever. It has to. It's almost kind of. Even because of the fact that Undertale has so many branching paths just within the neutral um, playthrough, your only option really is a, a prequel. And I, I hope it comes to fruition. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, mostly because I can't get... Because I waited so long to play this game, I cannot get enough Undertale. Yes, that's the other thing. <laughs> it's like, I'm like major jonesing right it's, now. It's I'm just the, like, oh my god. It's the, uh, the Firefly conundrum, which is if you're late to the Firefly mm-hmm. thing, you're like, wait, that's it? That, yeah, that's, that's it. It's, it's over. <laughs> what? No, there's, all, there's only a one season in a movie. What? what do you mean? There's only one game of Undertale. This game's only six hours. N- no more. Wait, no. What? what? <laughs> I'm dying here. I need more. The fandom is so Please. big. How can this game be so small? <laughs> it's because it's full of Homestuck fans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and nobody knows how to blow something out of proportion like a Homestuck fan. Um. But yeah, like, I hope the comic happens, because I need more. Yeah. And I need some explanations about things. Like, I know that the backstory stuff is not... I know it's technically not relevant. You don't have to tell me that. I know. But I want to know. Yes, exactly. I, I just need more content, <laughs> and this is the easiest way to get more content. I want to know. And plus, all the art for, like, the fan game or tarot cards is, like, fucking beautiful. So if they got that artist to do it, I'd probably die. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I just, I just die. I just die. It's fine. Um, but okay, moving on. Sans is cool. We'll get back to him in genocide uh, next. You know who's cooler than Sans is Undine. Undine. Undine She's is so, so cool. Undine is like my is like my role model. Like I'm I. So this is like another shout out to Biggie Nerds. 
Um, on BK Nerds, I love playing tanks. You know, like I love, and you know, Ben's played like pen and paper games with me before. Um, for like ten years now. She always uh, plays f- fighter, burly, loudmouth, boisterous, yeah. tanky, tanky tank types. Undine is like my hero. Undine is the character I love playing every single time. So as soon as she's just like, she's like fucking in her battle. She's pointing at the. She's like Kamina, man. She's like pointing at the sky and like drawing your thumb across her throat and suplexing a boulder. And I'm just like, and then suplexing you ten boulders. Are my life. And then supl- suplexing ten boulders, and then yes! suplexing herself. <laughs> She's so great. She's so amazing. She she gets She's... so much more build up than any other character, except mm-hmm. for maybe Asgore. But like Undine's is so much more impactful. Yeah, Undine has more of a Asgore has more of a build up, but he doesn't have a lot of payoff, and we'll get there. Um. But, like, Undine has, like, a great build-off up and a better payoff. Yes. Where it's, like, where it's, like, she's, you know, she's built up to be this huge badass, and then you fight her, and she actually is this huge badass. Um, and, like, you, like, her mercy is just running away from her. Yeah, which, like, which I didn't get for a long time, because, like, yeah. the JRPG the JRPG in me is, like, you can't run from a boss battle. Mm-hmm. But she does mention it at the beginning of the fight, and I guess I just forgot. Yeah, well, it, you, you know, she says when you're green, you can't run away. Yeah, but like that's you think you read it, and it's like you think that's like a throwaway line of like, ah, you can't mm-hmm. run away. Well, like no, no shit, it's a boss battle. I can't run. Mm-hmm. So I, I actually died like four or five times, and I was like, okay, yeah. what, 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 what am I doing? And it's like I had to look yeah. at him like, oh no, you have to run. Okay, you have to run. Yeah, you've got to run. Um, although if you, if you plead, I think she does ease up on her attacks a few times, which is nice, but eventually, uh, your only option is to just run. Yeah. Um, and, and, but the whole, like, you know, the build up to her fight and, oh my god, the part where she's on top of the mountain and she's like, before every human I meet, I tell them the story of how we ended up down here. And then she's like, but forget about that! Yeah! (laughs) You're about to die anyway! (laughs) <laughs> so amazing! Oh my like, god! And and her date. Oh my! Is fucking probably god, the date. best one in the game. As much as I love Papyrus, I think I like her date more because it's so ridiculous. It's so, well, on, actually, her date's great because it also has the best Papyrus moment ever, which yes, is him part- diving out the window, jumping through a window. <laughs> <laughs> Which, which is just <laughs> them taking his sprite and slowly sliding <laughs> it and rotating it until he goes pitching up. it through a window. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh my god! Uh, it's so and the part where he like reverse psychologies her into making friends with Frisk. Oh my god! Yes, yes. And and she, what's that line? She's like, "We're not just gonna be friends. We're gonna be besties." <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm just funny. like, yes, I, perfect. There was one thing I was really hoping they would do is that when she serves tea, yeah, because uh, she she throws her spear at the table and it cracks the table in half, which is great. <laughs> yes. Um, I was hoping that when she put the teacup on the oh, table, I know exactly what you're about to I say. I was hoping it would just slowly slide, slide. down. Yes. <laughs> And I was like, I was like waiting for it to happen, and I was. I know, and it did. I was a little upset that it didn't happen, but it led to like a really, 
It led to like a really somber, endearing moment. But anyway, but like was, a nice, uh, like a nice talk. Yeah, I was just like, I wanted, I wanted that visual of Frisk just staring at her as the teacup just slowly slides down the table. <laughs> Oh, it would have been perfect, but it's fine. Um, and the fact that, like, picking picking the tea is, like, when you pick it, it's, like, the option for it is, like, clearly the correct yes. option, you know? Oh, my God. So good. Like, Ugh. so many little, like, throwaway jokey joke moments like that in this whole game where it, it kind of pokes fun at the fact that you don't have a lot of player agency in these moments. Like, you, like overall, the game for being an indie game, you actually have some pretty decent player agency. Um, but, like, in the middle of cutscenes and stuff, not so much. Yeah, you know what I exactly. Mean? And, uh, or, or the fact that, I don't know which one you pick, but when, it's, when she's like, attack the tomato, and you can yeah. either go all out, or you can just, like, lightly tap it. I went all I out. Went all out I went all out, and you just give a little dink. <laughs> <laughs> or when she tries to fight you, and you can, like, fight you in her, like, house. Yes. And and you can just, like, weakly punch her. I love that. Oh, my God. Oh, I love this crazy fish she's lady. so... This... Oh, my God. She... And, we... and she has great themes. Like, her boss all themes All three are of her incredible. boss themes are great. All three of her boss theme... themes are great. Um... And she has, like, some really radical designs. Like, her, her designs are really good. And and just her sprites are really cute. Like, when she's being friendly to Papyrus, like, before realizing Frisk is there. Like, she's just, like, so normal and friendly. And you're like, oh, that's I nice. love, And then she sees you. I love her, her like, cackling laughter portrait. <laughs> where her yes. whole head, like, curls up. <laughs> yes. Oh man, it's so good. It's so funny. Because like every other portrait uh, is like it's very it's very standard. Like her eyes or her mouth move, but then she has that yeah. one where she turns into a Courage the Cowardly Dog character for a second. And she also has the kitty face one that you only see like twice in the whole yes. game. And it's so funny. It's like her troll face one that's so good. Oh man, like she's just so and and and. and- uh, she, anime she is has, real, like, right? Tell me, anime is real. Yeah. Oh, yes. The, the anime is real. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. And like, no, Undine, I will not let yeah, you down. Anime is. I real. I can't break her heart. No, anime is totally real. I won't. I won't let her down. She'll get to the surface and she'll find out eventually. Yeah. But I cannot, in this moment of joy tell her that anime is not real you know i can't i won't do it to her she's too perfect she's too good and uh she's too good uh uh, what was i about to say shoot oh no um did you lose it i lost my train of thought about it no uh yeah no it's oh i was gonna say like she she's so dynamic with her sprites that it's like it's great that like just yeah. this character gets so much like attention that way. And she and she jumps around like a lot and she has like a bunch of you know, she has like three different battle portraits because there's there's like her her normal one where she's in her armor, and then there's the one where she tries to fight you in her house, so she's just in her clothes, and then there's Undine the Undying, and and like you know, she has lots of cool details, and I love her stupid crush on Alphys so much. Oh my god. Yes. Um, oh. I love these scaly lesbians. Oh, oh, I remember what I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's that her her mercy and the way you get her friendship is so great. 
Because after <laughs> bit she, where she's laying on the on the in hot lake, yeah, where she, she passes out. out from heat exhaustion, and how do you befriend her? You get her a cup of water and you splash you it on her face. It's so cute, and and again, it's like the funniness of like you know the the, the inherent comedy of how shitty all of Frisk's uh, animations are in comparison to everybody else. Where like her character model doesn't or her. Her sprite doesn't even really move. It just like tips the, wa- the yeah. water. Just like the water. Yeah, the water just forward. kind of pours out because yeah, they, it's really good. Frisk doesn't have a holding object sprite. Yeah, yeah. In fact, most of the time, like they just have the water, or like if they're carrying an object, it's on top of their yeah. head. You know, it's on top of their, or like the umbrella <laughs> is hidden to like so there. It's it's in the yeah. hand that's away from the camera. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like. <laughs> You, Those little things that are just you, like you can only befriend her if you pour a cup of water on her face, that's and it's so... just <laughs> and it's and monster oh, just, just like the whole like she spent all this time chasing you and attacking you, and then apropos nothing, like she doesn't say like oh I'm thirsty or like it's too hot, she just passes mm-hmm. out, and then Frisk yeah. just walks over and gets her some water. Yeah, stop trying to murder this nice eight year old guys, like. Don't be surprised when the kid tries to kill you in genocide because you're all trying to murder an eight-year-old. Like, you know, chill out. Chill the fuck out. Just a little bit. Um, cause, like... <laughs> like, and, and, like, Monster Kid, like, loving her oh so gosh. much. And the fact that she won't destroy the seaweed because Alphys, uh, tells her not to because Alphys uses it to make ice cream. <laughs> And, <laughs> like, all of these amazing details I, in this game. I love, and, like, this is related because, like, my, my, I have Monster Kid in my notes because, like, he's, like, mm-hmm. the secondary character I want to talk about. But, like, in right. here, like, normally this character would be so annoying in this point. The completely yeah. unaware kid, the unaware tag-along kid who is, like, getting in your way. But I yeah. fucking love Monster Kid. Monster Kid is great because he's so again endearing and honest and just very and like they do a good job of like when like yeah when it's like when Undine grabs him out of the reeds yeah and he's like oh my <laughs> god god I'll never wash my face again <laughs> it's so funny and and like He's just so... He's cute, and his animations are really adorable. Like I said earlier, the one where he trips and falls, and it's kind of like a like a pull for him to get his face off the ground. Yeah, where you can and, see it, like, stretch, or, like, it's mashed yeah. against the ground, he has to lift it up. It's so great, and then he just scurries it's off. It's really good and, and tactile. Uh, and, and the bit where he's, like, walking with Frisk under the umbrella is so precious. Oh, it's so and, cute. It's so Ghibli. It's just the most Ghibli damn thing in the universe. Or when, when and, he and when you you see the castle in the distance and he runs ahead to look at it, and yeah, and he just kind of stands there and, and he doesn't even have anything to say. Yeah, he just, he's just stands looking. and waits. He's just looking. yeah. It's so cool. It's such a good little and like yeah, you know, I you kind of like you end up standing there with him and just watching because it's so you know that background is is beautiful and it's just a nice it's just a moment you know yeah. It's... And there's a lot of that in this game of just these little these little. Did you know you can give the statue um, that has water dripping on it? You can give it an umbrella. Yes, I did that. I did that too. It was sweet. 
and it's such a and it and it, it you know it plays the music and um it gives you the code to unlock the the room with the artifact yeah um and then the annoying dog eats it mm-hmm um and you can although i did learn you can exploit that to get uh like easy money and i did that for a while until i accidentally sold the dog resume oh no uh, but you can like like you can empty out your your inventory except for like one piece of dog residue and then like click on it so it'll fill your entire inventory and then sell all of it except for one piece to temi and then repeat that process oh that's great over and over again yeah i exploited that for a while like i think i got like two three hundred gold <laughs> out of temi before i was eventually like i accidentally sold my last piece of dog residue and i was like shit um yeah, and I love Temi. Oh, yeah, I mean, well, like, they're this in this area, a... so we can talk about them, too. Yeah, Temmies are great. Yeah! Temi, the Temmies are amazing. That's an ego raptor. That's, that's, the, the Temmies are ego raptor. Like, I'm, I'm, I know they are, the... I know they are Temi. They are, te- they, I know they are Temi Chang. Yeah. And Temi Chang is great, because she did a lot of the art for this game. But, but they look the like first time raptor. I saw a Temi, I was like, that's Aaron Hansen. Yeah. That's a game grump. Yeah. That's a game grump! That was, like, that was like, I wish that... They had played Undertale on Game Grumps because <laughs> I wanted to see Aaron Hansen's reaction to seeing a Temi and being like, "That's that's just me." That's just Aaron Hansen. Yeah, um, I like the Temi. I mean, the Temis. I don't know. I'm. I guess I'm just an idiot. I just think the way they talk is really funny. Oh, I know. yeah. I think I'm just an idiot. I and, think I am. And the the way the Temis talk are obviously another Earthbound send up. To the Mr. Saturn. Oh yeah, to the Mr. Saturns, and you'll see them when we you know, play that game, and you'll be like, "Yep, yeah, that's Temmy. Yep, that's okay. that's where that okay. that is directly where that came from." <laughs> that's just a, that's just a Mr. Saturn yep. reference. Okay, then. yeah, but cool. but no, they're cool, still cool. they're still super cute, and the the walnut breaks out in hives because it's allergic to itself. And... <laughs> yes. oh, God, the one hiding in the walls. Yeah. Uh, and sending Temmie to college to, so you can get the Temmie armor, which I did, and it was a slog, but by god, I did it. The, uh, um, the one Temmie that talks normally. <laughs> oh my god, yes! Oh my god. And, and, um, the save point in the Temmie village says, Detemination. <laughs> I, I'd love them. Instead of, I love them, the, they're the weirdest, the goofiest fucking thing. Very yes, famous. the goofy... Very famous, and, and hoy, I'm Temmy! I just want, like, to make that they, my background on my They phone. have, they obviously have a very high-pitched, squeaky voice, like, without a doubt. Yes, of course, of course. They yeah. they have, like, a weird, They are, like, they are Terra Strong at or Terra Strongest. Or something. All of them. I don't know. By the way, I like the, I like that the fact that the animal in this game is dogs, because too oh. many JRPGs make me deal with cats. You know? Yeah. Like, I always think of Tales of Exilia 2, which I'm not even going to get into it, but, like, you know, like, JRPGs, they love cats. I just got done playing P5. They're all about cats. Persona 4 talks about cats a lot. I'm like, cats are fine, and I like a cat, but you know what's better? A dog. A dog. A dog? And this game has a bunch of them, because, uh, Dogaremi and Dogaressa. Oh, and, I love Dogaremi. And, yeah, and, 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 um... And Annoying uh, Dog, the, and Greater Dog, and, and Lesser Dog. Greater Dog, and Lesser Dog, and, and Doggo. They're all incredible. Yeah, they're the best characters in this game. I take There's, it back. It's not Papyrus. Sorry, Papyrus. It's all the dogs. The dog song that plays. <laughs> Which is amazing, just, and I want it to be my ringtone. That's just the Mario Paint <laughs> dog barking over and over again. <laughs> yeah, 
I want it to be my ringtone really badly because I feel like it would suit me. Um, and the first time, this is like going back to the Snowden area, but I think when I got to the greater dog, um, and it, it like popped its head out of the snowpuff, uh, I texted you with DOG! DOG! Because I was so excited, and then when it, uh, it turned out to be a giant dog in a suit of armor, I was even happier, <laughs> because dogs are awesome. Um, and, like, it's pathetic how much it makes me sad in the genocide run when you kill the dog. I'm like, I can't even watch. Oh, I'm yeah, like, no! I had to, like, turn away. No, not the dogs. So sad. Um, but yeah, no, there's dogs all over this game and it rules. <laughs> I even love the amalgamate dog, you know, like the weird, horrifying yes. monster dog. Um, I don't even remember what it's called right now, but it's fine. Endogeny. Yeah, Endogeny yeah. is the is the is the uh, is the amalgamate dog. I even love him. You know them. They it. are all good dogs. <laughs> they are all one good boy. Every single one of them. They are a unified legion of good boys. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I love I love Undertale and all of its dogs. So <laughs> we got away from Undine. Yeah. Hey, who's Undine's voice? Um. Hit me. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a hard one. That's like a hard question to answer. Um, because I don't know. I don't know. Oh. Hmm. Who did you hear in your head? I heard so many people, depending on like what she was saying. Yeah, that's the problem. Um, is that? Oh, what's her? Who does Velvet? Oh, that's uh, Christina V. I couldn't. No, Christina V. Does like like quiet badass. He's, she plays Homura. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Ryuko. Yes. Like I don't even know who plays Ryuko in the Jap- in the English dub, but it's that. Yes, yes, we both yes. agree. Because it's a that's a guy next character. It's very, that's just a perfect. It's just a guy. And it's very brash and and. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. Um, but Undine is rad, and we'll again we'll get back to her. Yes. So she, she and Papa, next... she and Sans are the two that are like the big deal. Ooh, I'm uh, so excited. But Alphys is next. I love Alphys. This nervous little dinosaur. I, this poor nervous dinosaur lesbian. I do love her and her big dumb crush on Undine and how stupid and in love they are. I love the fact that Undine slam dunks her into a trash can. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I love that Alphys is directly responsible for again for Papyrus being the greatest character in the world with Jogboy. Um like, It's so good, okay? Oh my god. It that scene is just the best. Like she That whole scene she, is incredible. She just picks Alphys up and she throws her in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> she just slam dunks her right into the damn trash. And it's incredible, because you think they're about to have, like, a moment, and you're just like, <gasps> and then no, no, she just picks her up and just slam dunks her in. And then Papyrus shows up in his fucking jog boy shirt. And, and, and that's the date. That's the whole date, is Alphys is a nervous little nerd. Um... I this is like like my little my little nerd moment, but the part in the in a Hotland where she gets really angry about Kissy Kissy Mew Mew too, um, 
It's probably the most relatable a character has ever been because I was just talking about how mad Tales of Exilia 2 made me. And I was like, when she was having that moment, I was like just nodding yeah. the whole time. I'm like, yeah, totally girl. relatable. Yeah, you tell them. Yeah, they fucked up that character arc. Yeah, Alphys understands me. Um, because Alphys is a little weeb just like me and I've made peace with it. It's okay. Because um, Alphys rules Anime and is, is real. really sad. Anime is real. Okay, it's real in my heart, and and Alphys understands that because she gave her weird her weird buddy a anime bishi boy body. Yeah, yeah, she gave Metaton like a sexy robot body, and it was weird, but it's kind of cool too because he goes, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then she gets really, really sad in a lot of parts, yeah, and then I'm like, I wrote, oh, no! I wrote one note on my thing, and it is, oh, Alphys, what did you do? Oh, Alphys, what have you done? <laughs> you, you sad lizard lady. You, you the, tragic dinosaur. There are, there are two of the, of the post-apocalyptic notes you get in her lab. Yeah. And it is, the flower is gone. Oh man! And no, 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 no. Uh, actually, the one that that freaks me out the most is um, the one before that, or the one like the one two before that, where sh- it just says, uh, "They all woke up." Yes, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, cause like you, she says they all woke up, and then the next entry is like, "Hey, everybody's doing great. I'm gonna send them home soon. They're all gonna feel." fine and everything will be okay and then you get the no 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 um but that that whole that one little moment of you know everybody woke up is like oh no yeah everything's gonna go wrong um Uh, and then everything does go wrong. yeah all goes horribly wrong and then it goes okay at the end okay question marks no but it's very you know again this ties to these characters all have something to hide and yeah, Alphys has hiding way more than a lot of other characters. And it's... One of the things I like about Undertale is that, like... It really does a good job of divvying up the the plot relevance of its characters. Yeah. Like, in the normal story, Alphys is kind of a bit character. Like, if you don't do her date, mm-hmm. if you don't do Undine's date, she's kind of just an, a secondary character to support Metaton. Right. But, no, it turns out she's directly involved in everything that makes this game. Yeah, like, she's kind of, like, responsible for the plot of Undertale, and she's, like, way more important the second time around in the true pacifist run, and, I mean, that's really, really interesting to just, you know kind of get this second look at a character who's who like you said is kind of like a bit jokey joke character because you know she's like a weeb and she's got low self-esteem and and you know she wants to she wants meta she wants to use metaton to make herself feel better about herself and that kind of thing you know yeah and it, it's it's metaton is the one you 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 have a conflict with you you can't you you fight right. with and like alphys is just support in that in that segment mm-hmm. but here she is front and center and directly tied to all of this and yeah it's and it's it's heavy 
Yeah, it's some real, it's, like, genuinely heavy stuff, and you learn kind of, like, where, where, uh, like, Flowey came from, or Flowey, whatever, kind yeah. of, I'll never get it right, uh, where, where Flowey comes from, and, you know, you learn, like, she's responsible for, and, you know, Flowey's whole existence is just an accident, and when you think about it like that, it's really, like, kind of, sc- kind of scary, because it's, like, the thing is that, you know, they establish that all monsters, like, turn to literal dust when they yeah. die, right? Um, they don't bleed or anything s- like that, they just turn to dust. They turn, and they turn to, like, a pile of dust. It's not, like, dust and they fade away, but they turn into a pile of dust. And, and so when Azrael died in the flower garden, you know, his dust stayed there. And, um, eventually Alphys used those flowers and you know, kind of imbued life back into Azriel's dust. And, like, she didn't even mean to. She was just trying to give, you know, like, trying to imbue determination into, like, a, a like a vessel, you know? Yeah. Um, and something went really wrong. Uh, went really, really, really wrong. Yeah. Uh, so now this, this kid is stuck in, like, an existential nightmare, um, that you can't really escape. Yeah, and now, now, um, now this is also a good tangent because this is kind of like where I want I want to talk about this, but I don't really know when we would get to. Um, right. In a, in a meta sense, I love what this game does with EXP, LV, and Determination. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. how it ties into Alphys and how, like, you know, you get up until the Sands part. We should mention the Thring Sands, but, like, you get up to the, the, the Judgment Hall with Sands, and he says, yeah, you never got any EXP or execution points. You yeah. never got any love or level of violence. Level of violence, yeah. And it's like, yeah, talk about playing with RPG tropes. Yeah, and and kind of this this idea of of quantifying like what determination is, making it into a physical like a physical substance that not everybody has, which kind of makes sense in like a thematic way like not everybody has the like the determination and strength to keep like pushing forward the way that frisk does you know what i mean yeah exactly and because like that's a huge emotional burden and i mean frisk is their own character which is i think really really interesting and again a thing that we'll talk about in a minute um and so this idea of quantifying and and making like into like a physical thing, not just like a nebulous experience points and levels, you know, but like an actual like a, th- like a, 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 a quantifiable uh, system that exists within this world. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really cool and interesting, and it's kind of a neat twist on old on old RPG tropes and ideas. Um, and the I mean, the, like I said, the game handles it all really well, and. You know that it, it's different because, like, you know from the, the flowy encounter that, um, like, you know, if, if Flowey is the one explaining what EXP and LV are, you, and, you know, immediately after they try to kill you, um, you know something is up, but you don't know what exactly, because this character is established from, like, the word go to be an untrustworthy one, right? Yeah, exactly. But it's not until the very end of the game that you get an actual explanation in the form of, well, it's how many things you've killed and how many experience points. Um, Sans even actually calls you out if you if you only, if you don't level up, but you have experience points or you have EXP, 
Um, he'll even call you out on it and call you a sicko and say, like, you just wanted to hear what I wanted to say, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's really interesting to me. Um, there's a ton of permutations in this game, and I'm pretty impressed that Toby Fox was able to kind of take all of that into account, you know? Yeah, taking, like, all these variables into account and producing, like, different unique results for them all. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's, different, there's different options for if you didn't kill anybody. There's options for if you only killed all the boss characters. Um, the annoying dog becomes president. Um, <laughs> like, if you kill everybody but Papyrus, you get King Papyrus, which is great. Um, except the fact that all of his friends are dead. Whoops. Um, and, and stuff like that. Oh, what in? Oh, well, no, you got the... What ending did you get? Because the first time you played, you, you had to get a neutral ending, um, right? Yeah, my the the phone call that Sans had was that um, if I remember right, it was that Toriel came came back, mm-hmm. and um, things are going pretty good, but they're still trying to find a way out without using any souls. Okay, um, I basic my my neutral ending was because um, because I had more, I had killed more because I was level eight. Um. Toriel came back, but Undine was pissed off because Toriel wanted to be, like, non-violent toward humans, and, you know, Undine was obviously pissed off because Frisk had killed people, um, and so she overthrows Toriel and kicks her out again and is, like, Queen Undine and, or Empress Undine, and she's, like, even more crazy and vehement about killing humans than, um than Asgore ever was, which is, like, intense. Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, oh, no, I'm a monster. Oh, no, what have I done? Yeah, sorry. I got the perfect ending after that, yeah. though, so I, I, I'm cleared of all guilt, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. I've been absolved, damn it. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Mostly, mostly, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah. And and going back to Alphys is just like to to have her character be like from being like a jokey joke, she's got low self esteem to being like, No, Alphys kind of wants to kill herself is yeah, like really she's I'm, riddled with it's guilt. Really intense. Yeah, I mean for for good reason. I mean if if that happened to you, you would also kind of be losing your mind because you know but I also love that she's like genuinely affectionate to the amalgamates like she doesn't treat them like horrible monstrosities she's like really friendly to them she's trying to take care of them and make them comfortable and you know she's eventually decides to release them and like people Mm -hmm. seem to be mostly okay like when you talk to the dogs in the end and they're like well i guess all our parents are one thing now okay And, and you know i guess it makes sense because this is a world of monsters yeah you know so like so it's just new kinds of monsters, you know? Pretty much, yeah, exactly. Like, Snowdrake and... Snowdrake and... Snowdrake's mom is... You know, Snowdrake is just happy to have his mom back, yeah. which is, like, one of the sweetest parts in the game. Um, if you find Snowdrake and Snowdrake's mom and dad, and they're all just happy to have mom back, it's just super sweet, you know? Yeah, exactly. I love it. I love it. It's so good. I love this game. <laughs> right, so let's... Let's, uh... Let's actually talk about... One of the best characters that doesn't get a lot of attention. 
You know, it's funny because Metaton, we were just saying it feels like Alphys is like a bit character and then like Metaton feels more important, but then like after the true ending, Metaton is the bit character. Yeah, yeah. Metaton doesn't, you know? even, doesn't even really show up in that last like encounter, like the last boss battle where everyone shows up. Metaton isn't yeah, there. He's, no, because he's just a bit character. He's just a boss character. That's yeah. all. Like, like he's just there to be like the goofy, fun boss fight with the awesome theme oh, song. Oh, yeah, his song um, is the best, and that Death by Glamour is incredible. That fight is so unique because it has the fun. the ratings mechanic in it, and it's mm-hmm. like, th- th- like for one thing, like this is a game I noticed this game early on, and it's very like frustrating is that you cannot pause in battle. No, no, you, you can't. can't. So if you have something to do in the middle of an attack, you can't pause it. You can't. You have to go through and it. Like, and it's fine because like every other fight in the game is like turn based. Yeah, you, know? you can so... you can take your time and like you know, you once once their attack is over and it's your turn, you can sit there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Metaton's yeah. ratings will consistently go down if you stay yeah. idle. <laughs> So you gotta go, 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 go. You've gotta, like, eat this food and dodge these bombs and hit this thing and avoid these attacks and shoot those legs. And you've gotta hit his heart and dodge, like, this huge, like, bullet hell sequence. And, and, you know. So here's the thing is I forgot about the fact that Alphys gave you an add-on for your phone. Oh, my God. So I didn't shoot his heart at all and I just survived. (laughs) Oh, my God. Good for you. Man. That's intense. The first time, the first time doing it, I had a super hard time. Like my first, like the first time I ever did this game, and mm-hmm. I was like fighting Metaton, and I was like, "This is really hard." And then I was like, "Oh my god, I've got to do this in pacifist mode next, and I'm not gonna have any HP to play with." Um, and then it turns out it was fine. I, I mean, I did have the Temi armor, which helped, but um, it, you know, the second time around, you kind of know all the patterns now, so you're like, "Oh, I know what to do now." This is actually a lot of fun. Oh my god, yeah. I'm having a great time. I'm shooting these bombs. I'm dodging these attacks. I'm eating this food, and I'm gonna eat this steak of Metaton's face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the description for it is don't ask. Don't ask. Don't ask, but it, it's a huge ratings bump. It's like 700 points yes. or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's a big one. It's a big one, which helps. And um, it's just so much fun. Like, Well, and not, o- not only that, but like the the challenges beforehand, the cooking contest, the, the oh my news God, yes. broadcast where you have to go and disable a bunch of bombs that are just random objects. Even this dog is a bomb! <laughs> Even the dog is a bomb. <laughs> oh man, so much fun! And the singing, the the singing. Oh, sequence the play Wait, where Metaton is in a dress. The the again the obvious send up to Final Fantasy VI, where Celeste yes. has to do the the opera. Yes, and it's like oh, and man. the fact that the songs beats are correspond with the lyrics, so you can kind of yeah. sing along. You can kind of. Um, one of my favorite, like I don't know if you noticed it in the epilogue. Also, um, if you go back to that seat, that area after I think after you beat Metaton, if you go back to the stage, um, there's like a lion NPC there, and he's like Metaton looks so beautiful, and it's a dude lion NPC, and he's like Metaton looks so beautiful in that dress. I wish I could wear a dress. And then in the epilogue, he's wearing his dress, and he looks great. And I'm like, yay! That's so cute. <laughs> Apparently, Metaton gave the lion dude that dress. Oh, which is incredible. That's great. Oh my god, it's so good. Um, and and like Metaton is like, 
Oh, man. So, okay, this is a thing. You remember I was like, I had a thing to tell you about Metaton? You're like, no, no, wait till the podcast. Yes, yes, what is it? This is it. Okay, so in the beginning, right, when I played this game, I thought, like, because this is a game where a fish lady and a dinosaur lady are, like, in love, and it's fine, and everybody's like, yeah, this is cool. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, does Metaton have a crush on Natsabluk? Because, like, you yeah, know, they have, like, a he little asked at moment one point. At, like, it snaps to Blue because the first caller. Yes, you know, at one point he's like, "Would you, would you smooch a ghost during and, the thing?" Um, like he says, "Uh, shit, what was it?" Like he knows like Naps to Blue's voice, yeah. right? I was like, "Oh, is uh, like I was like that'd be funny, you know?" Like I didn't really think of it anything beyond that. I'd be like, oh, "That'd be kind of funny," like you know. Uh, no, it's even better than that. Oh my god! So Metaton is a ghost. <gasps> is he? And he's like. He's Napstabluke's cousin. The house next door to Napstabluke's house is Metaton's oh. uh, old house, and and so so Blukey is his cousin. Oh my and, god! And he's and once he got famous, he stopped hanging out with his cousin, even though like he was always promising that they'd be like a like a band together mm-hmm. kind of thing. And um, so like he met Alphys at a human appreciation club, and like he doesn't like any of Alphys's nerd shit, but he loves Alphys. And so, like, Alphys built him a cool robot superstar body, and yeah, that's what it is. And oh so, like, God. the way that, the way that, like, the angry, the 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 mad dummy, you know, yeah, that you have to yeah. fight in sewers, which was a great fight, by the way. Mm-hmm. We didn't even talk about that. Um, but like that fight, so like he's one of those where he's like inhabiting a body instead. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so great. It's so funny. So yeah, he used to be just like a little little wispy ghosty thing. And at the end of the game, in the epilogue, he mentions that he's gonna uh, have Bluke and Shiren. You know the one of the the monster encounters. Yes, Shiren. Yeah. Um, him and Shiren and Napsa Bluke are all gonna like be in a thing together. Oh my god! I just got it. Shiren is a siren. Yeah, she's a shy siren. I, yeah, mm, you didn't. You you didn't, didn't get, get it, Mister Pun, Mister fucking Pun Lord. Didn't get that one. Seriously, man, <laughs> I got that well, one. I never said her name out loud. Uh, I got one on you yeah. for once. Yeah, yeah, you did. But yeah, that's that's so cute, and I love that. And it's precious. Yeah, and speaking of that moment, like when when Naps Blue does call. Yeah, I cried when they were all talking about how they're going to miss Metaton when he goes to the surface. It's beautiful! It's beautiful! Yeah, I was, I was getting weepy at that. It's so good. It's just such a nice little moment. And everybody, and he's just so, like, sad. And then he's like, humans have plenty of stars and idols, but monsters only have me. And I was like, oh, Metaton, you're still kind of an idiot, but I love you. <laughs> <laughs> now, Metaton's voice actor is easy, and that mm-hmm. is Justin McElroy doing Taco. Yep, yep that one's... that's an easy one. That's a simple one. Um, um... Alphys, we forgot to do her. I am going to make a a pitch. I know it's kind of controversial. I'm gonna say uh-huh. Ion from Abyss. Oh, uh, Aaron Fitzgerald, but way more nasal. Way more... Well, yeah, I could see that, because Aaron Fitzgerald plays, uh, Tipo. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, all right. I can get and, behind um, that one. Sure, sure. I think she's also, uh, Nurgle Jr. and Billy and Mandy. 
Oh, if you really? That voice, Shut up. Yes, I that's, do. That's what immediately came up for for Alpha okay. for me. Okay. Just that, oh, I can that get behind really, that. really nerdy nasal voice. Yeah. I can get behind it. Sure, sure. Yeah, that works. I like Erin Fitzgerald when she isn't doing her ion yeah. voice. It's fine. Uh, and her cheer. Yeah, but... Mm, she's, uh, wrong podcast. Like, like we said, like, she's bad as Chia because Chia is actually a pretty normal teenager. And her right. voice sounds like a cartoon character. Which is what Alphys is. Alphys is a cartoon character. Yeah, so it works. <laughs> so it works perfectly. Oh. Um, Next, this one's really quick because she doesn't do a lot, but... Muffet. I want to talk about Muffet for a little bit. Uh, the only thing I want to even remotely say about Muffet is, like I said, the closest I've ever come to rage quitting and actually restarting the game to kill everybody in the game was because of Muffet. Yeah. You know what I found out? Mm-hmm. If you have a spider cookie... Oh, yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just yeah, eat yeah, it I saved and she'll one leave for- you alone. Yeah, I saved one for my pacifist run, like my second run through the game. I literally bought one and then just shoved it in a box yep. until it was time to fight Muffet, and that's it. Yeah. Um. So I found out she's a Kickstarter character. Is she? She was some. She's a fan character that was part of the reward tier, and huh. so that's why she has a boss theme and like an encounter, but not really a lot of plot relevance. Right. Okay. But yeah. I mean, like. Her design is super cute. Oh, I love and, it. Um, Spider Dance is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, the song is incredible. But that boss fight is bullshit. The boss fight's very, very hard. The boss fight is very, very far hard, and there's a lot of fight. Like, like you cannot slide back and forth on that line. Like, when you're running away from her little, her little dude, her little pet thing, yeah. you can't slide back and forth on that line fast enough to avoid being hit by the dude or by the spiders on the net at the same time. Like, it's not possible. And if somebody can do it, fuck you. <laughs> um, I don't like you. Uh, so yeah, fuck that shit. I don't like the Muffet fight. I like her character design, and Spider and, Dance is a radical song. And I love that, like, you win that fight because she gets a call that says that you didn't hurt any spiders because there are no spider enemies in the game. <laughs> no spider enemies in the whole game, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> She's, uh... But, like, really, her design is precious. Oh, my oh, God, I, it's adorable. It's great. She's great. And she has a little... She She's has cute. the... She has the cute, evil laugh thing. Yes. And, um... Her little spider minions that show what's up next is really fun. Yes. Even if it is total bullshit sometimes. I hate that boss fight so fucking much. Oh, my God. <sighs> okay, yeah, next. Next. Well, we're getting close to the end here. So, it's mm-hmm. Asgore, actually. I actually don't have a lot to say about yeah, Asgore. The thing with Asgore is that like he's very much built up and he's like a ever present thing throughout the game because a mm-hmm. lot of characters talk about him, but his actual like his story's actually contribution? It's very straightforward. Yeah. It's he what he you, you there's there's not a lot to discuss because it's all laid out is that he's very reluctant to take the mm-hmm. the souls of the children. Mm-hmm. Um, the yeah, because you're killing babies. Yeah, the, the thing is that like, Tor like Toriel. There's one thing I do want to note about him is that is that with Toriel because that's like the main focus mm-hmm. of their relationship is that she is so distant to him, not just because of the plan he's going through, mm-hmm. but because he's so reluctant to do it in the first place. 
When yeah, and the fact that there was an easy way yeah, to do it. When he could just go to the surface and kill six children, like eight, seven children, right off the bat, and that'll be it. But or no, the thing is that they mention in like what really gets me is that it, it's mentioned in the flavor text in like the waterfall is that human souls stick around for a while after they've died. All Asgore would have to do is go collect the souls of six recently deceased people. Yeah. He wouldn't even have to kill anybody. But he would only have to kill the one part. He only had to t- kill the one person to get outside the barrier. Yeah. But the fact is he has this plan which is not a good plan in the first place. No. And he's dragging his heels to do it. Yeah, and because he wants to, he doesn't want to hurt anybody, but because he kind of keeps dragging his heels, he makes it worse. But it's also, like, the people in the underground's only hope at this point. Yeah. Like, you know, hopes and dreams, which is a which is a repeated motif in this game. It, um, it's, it's the idea that Toriel's, like, ex- explicit purpose with him is, not only do you have this bad plan that I hate, but you aren't mm-hmm. even committed to it. Yeah, you don't even have, like, the the guts to do it, you know, yourself. Because it's also kind of implied that, like, some of these humans are killed by, like, Undine and and such uh, before they even get to Asgore. Yeah. Like, he doesn't even do the deed sometimes. Or because of the layout of the equipment you can pick up, they died Mm -hmm. on their journey. Yeah, like the the, um, ballerina skirt and shoes and things like that. They're all... They're kind of scattered, and, you know, the Mm -hmm. implication is that they didn't make it to anyone they mm-hmm. died of natural causes of some some way or or uh, just any rando monster in the world or yeah. you know they just couldn't they just couldn't make it you know and so then their souls are still hanging out in the underground and all it takes is somebody to just go and collect them and you know so like it's a it's just a bad plan like Overall, and it's a it's a horrible plan because it does involve you know like the murder of small children who can't fight back. I mean, like yeah, technically one kid does have the ability to kill every monster, but you've got to have like the the determination. Yeah, to you've got to have the the not only the the in game determination, but also the drive to start murdering. Mm-hmm. So and yeah, and, like but th- well, there are a few other things about about Asgore specifically. Is that I love that he he keep that uh, well not he doesn't but you keep track of the number of times you've died against him, mm-hmm. which is really cool and I didn't notice it at first because I died to him like four or five times. It's a hard battle. Uh, yeah, it's because if you haven't been grinding, it's a hard yeah. battle. It's you know uh, I had to I had to go and sell all of my gear and buy a bunch of glam <laughs> burgers to make it through. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, like when you confront him, you tell him like how many times he's killed you so mm-hmm. far and. Yo, I got shook when he destroyed the mercy button. Yo, that was a moment. That was um, that was like, oh, this is it. <laughs> this is this is some final boss fight. Because you know, shit it's right they, here. They make it the point like Undine and Sans both kind of make the point. Like, yeah, you're gonna have to fight Asgore. There's no way around it. You'll have to fight him. And mm-hmm. you're like, no, the whole game is I'm not going to fight anyone. And then he destroys what? the mercy button, and you were thinking, oh shit, I've got to fight him. Oh no, the game lied to me! And then the part when you can, like, fight or spare him, I like that the mercy button is, like, cracked, like it's been taped back together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that's a nice little detail, Mm. like, that's a really good detail. Um, Asgore has a dope theme, again. Yeah, he's got a great theme. Uh, 
Uh, he has really cool-looking attacks and stuff. Like, his sprites are all yes, really cool, the, considering he's such a goofy dad. The, uh, yeah, well, he's got that whole goofy dad vibe, and he's wearing the, he's wearing the cape, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you get into the boss fight, and he flips the cape out, and it's armor. Mm-hmm. And he pulls out this gigantic trident. Yes! Oh, man! And you're like, oh, right! So dope. Yes! Oh, right! This is a final <laughs> boss fight! I forgot! Oh. Whoops! But yeah, no, his whole character, it's, it's very straightforward, it's very simple, and I think mm-hmm. that's kind of the point, is because he's not the real final battle. Right, yeah, Asgore is kind of built up, and I did, when, when Toriel mentions that Asgore, you know, when you're leaving the ruins, that Asgore will kill you, um, I did think, like, oh shit, Asgore is, like, a big deal, you know, because I didn't, again, I didn't know much about the game. Yeah. Um, I'm like, oh my god, Asgore is like a big deal, okay. And then, you know, turns out, surprise, no he's not. No, he, there, there's Asgore another. Asgore is chump change. Yeah. There is another, uh, and he's way worse. Uh, Photoshop Flowey is terrifying. Yeah, well, let's, let's go right in, because yeah, there's not, there's not much more I want to say about, Asri, about Asgore. Yeah, I don't have a lot of strong feelings about Asgore to really, like, expound upon. Yeah, because, um, again, like, it's very, it's straightforward and it's simple, and like, the other characters their reactions to his actions are worthy of more discussion. More interesting. And, yeah. But, again, I do like the fact that he is a very flawed character, but he's also ve- still very endearing, and by the end of mm-hmm. it, you don't hate him. You don't... No. You know, you you may not like him, and I, I like that Toriel is still very cold to him, mm-hmm. but, you know, by, by the end of The True Pacifist, he's working for her, so I guess they're, they're on speaking terms again. Which is good. Yeah. I mean, that's all you can ask for sometimes. Sometimes yeah. mom and dad get divorced and they never get back together, but they still hang yeah. out, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but but let's, that's not the important let's one. Let's fucking talk about Photoshop Flowey. Photoshop Flowey is fucking and terrifying. how, Holy like, shit. I was legit scared when <clears throat> I fought him and how there is nothing like that in the game. It, it the moment, um... I wasn't expecting it because I wasn't expecting some DDLC shit. Like I was, <laughs> like I knew that I knew God. that like like when when I knew that Flowey was going to be a big deal, and I knew that like Flowey was aware of my saving and resetting and stuff. Right? Yes. Um, I was not prepared for the DDLC shit when he took the souls, and then you hear the creepy laugh, and then the game crashes. Yes. I was not prepared for that, and I was just like, what the fuck just happened to me? Because it's like, um, it's like, oh, yes, he does save state stuff, obviously, there's no way that can go wrong, and then he crashes the game, and you're like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, and, oh it's one of those, and then, we're here now. And then you and I would think, oh, someone played Undertale when they were making their game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Sel- oh, Dan Salvato played Undertale. Oh. Dan Salvato played Undertale a lot. <laughs> uh. Again, that's totally fine. That's great because this game deserves to be like used as a reference point Rift. because it's it's Yeah, Rift on it, and it changed and it changed the it changed the playing field. So yes, obviously that's a yeah, great thing. Great. There is nothing wrong with borrowing elements that shocked people before. Like you can you can do your own thing with them. Yeah. Taking an idea and then taking, you know, having, seeing an idea that's used for, like, a horror moment in a generally 
straightforward game and then building a whole horror game around it is cool. Now, like that's not a bad thing. It's awesome. And like you know? straight up the fucking the save state attack where he reloads in the middle of battle. Oh man. I that's that so got good. me bad. That's so awesome and and just that song is great because it's so like discordant. It's all over the yeah. place. It's discord. Yeah, discordant is a good word. Um, it, it's you know, it's a different style here. It's it's creepy music, and then it's it's like it's this crazy um, like, like I, I don't even yeah. know how to describe it. It's just a mess of a sound of a track. There's so much. There's so many instruments and beats going on in it that it's like it totally fits. It's, it, it's got it's got an it's got an um what's it called uh the amen chord. Do you know what the amen chord? Yeah, is? yeah, 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 yeah. It has the it's got like the amen chord in it, and then it'll switch over to like like what sounds kind of like the the eight bit version of like Gregorian or chip tuny version of Gregorian chanting, and then it's just like weird nonsense sounds, and it's it's great because that's exactly what Photoshop Flowey is. He's just like this horrible amalgamation, and he has the scariest fucking faces. Oh my god, that um, that that real red-eyed? face. Yeah. Oh, I don't like yeah, it. The staticky like real it. face animation. Yeah. I'm, no, no. I don't like it. Nope, 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 nope. And then um, Flowey and and Metaton are the only two characters with actual vocal trap tracks. Yeah, because uh, Metaton has his oh yeah, and then Flowey has the uh, that sounds like a great idea, yes. and then that's when he crashes the game, which is from something. It's from McDonald's commercial. Yes, that's it. Oh mm-hmm. my it's god! From a 1960s McDonald's commercial that that has been sampled a lot. Apparently. Oh my god! But but no, the and the that whole battle is great because not just that, but also getting power from the six souls. Oh, it's such a it's like such a cheesy moment, but like when it happens, because I'm like at my last, I'm like on yeah. my last leg at this point. I'm like I don't know if I can keep doing this. Uh, and then like they start dropping heels for you. I'm like, oh my god, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, and then you you go through each one and like mm-hmm. each each like different new thing. Oh man, and those sections are so cool, yeah. right? Because they're so weird, and and the the visuals are so different, and you know the the. The mechanics for dodging the attacks. At one point, you're dodging words, and you're you're dodging like teardrops and things like that. It's such just a cool like the visuals are so interesting. And then you um, and then you hit the the act button, and they turns into heels, and the music. Yes. You get a brief reprieve where it's just like quiet, peaceful Soft. music. Yeah. It's so. It's a. Gr- I mean, it's a great fight. I honestly like it more than the. Um, than the true final God battle. Hyper death fight. Yeah. Uh, the God of Hyperdeath fight is fine, and these are the same characters, yeah. so you can kind of merge it, 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 these yeah. two conversations. Like Flowey and Azriel are the same person, so like it's like, yeah, yeah, like uh, I, I I think I agree with you in that I liked the overall like fight mechanics of the of the Photoshop Flowey more. It was way more yeah. intense. Um, I actually I had a I had a fairly easy time with uh, Azriel. <laughs> Yeah, oh, me too. I didn't really have a hard time with that. I think I died twice. I mean, I think, well, I mean, you know, yeah, like, and for you, one thing, you, you can't die permanently. Your yeah, determination exactly. always restores you, but, like, he has, like, his star, his star storm attack is not that hard to dodge. Yeah. No, um, not really. The, uh, the sword attack is super easy to dodge. Yeah, it's crazy telegraph. Um, um, and then his, what was the, uh, what was his other attack that he does? Uh, the stars attack. No, he, I, I can do the stars. There was a third one he oh, does. Oh, no, um, the one with the, it's like the little, the trails of light thing? 
Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, the like the the where he shoots and it has it's like he shoots beams at you and they have little tails. Yeah, with the little reticles and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That one yeah. I had a little bit of trouble with when he got like into Mark II with oh. it. Yeah, and it's like tons and tons of stuff on the screen yeah. at once. That one's a little bit harder to deal with, but you can kind of yeah. Like you you once you get used to it, you know where the dead zones are. Mm-hmm. You know where where they just don't hit because of the way that the way this the attack is scripted. Um, the the God of Hyperdeath fight, the Azrael fight, is more like emotionally, like a big like oh moment, my god. You know? <laughs> but uh, real quickly, I just like the mechanics of the the Photoshop Flowey fight. More yeah, and, and I, I like I like his more. design way more as like a, a final really boss. Like oh my god, like, conceptually, it's, it's just really interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hold on. Am I losing you again? Uh, it's good now. It's stabilized. Okay. Um, where did I? Where did? Where did you? I, I lost you. We were just talking about how Photoshop Flowey is crazy. I love. Yeah. Um. Like I said, I just like the mechanics of it yeah, more. It, it, that um, one. I I think overall I like the the what happens in the in the Azrael fight, but the Photoshop Flowey yeah. is. It feels like way more of like a of a fucking final boss. Like, yeah, it feels like a real like a real test of skill yeah. of everything you've learned over the game. Because apparently, you know? I didn't have it me, but apparently you can die in the, photo, in the Photoshop Flowey fight. Yes, you can. It, that's I, bullshit. I did. I must have gotten lucky because I was like, oh, this is a fight where you just have to, you know, you, you can't die. I get it. And I guess I just got lucky. <laughs> you did. Uh, I only died once. It was at the very beginning when he does his first, like, crazy salvo of attacks. Yeah. You know, where it's like fire and the vines and all this crazy shit's happening at once. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. I'm, I don't know how to learn all these patterns at once. Um, so that was like, it was such like a, an assault of information that I was just like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. And then I died. Yep. Uh, and then actually, if you die, the game crashes. It just kicks you oh, out. Oh, that's you can't cool. Go like a re- it's awesome. You can't go back to like a like a reload screen. The game just crashes and you have to reopen it. And then Flowey taunts you and says like, you're going to be doing this forever with me. Oh, that's um, great. It's great. That said, because I know you're dying to talk about it, the Azrael fight has a way better emotional payoff. Oh my god, it so absolutely does. That's... <laughs> it totally does. I'm, su- <laughs> I'm honestly surprised that you liked it as much as you did. I did because they it's it's all about we've had this conversation before it's just like with Nier it's the difference between the the ending the ending E for Automata and the ending for P5 it's how you sell it that's all it is if it if it feels genuine if it feels like it's coming from a place deep in your heart and if you really know the characters involved and you're you're really involved in the story then like those those big rallying moments of you can do it we're all rooting for you you can sell it to me p5s is just corny and terrible it's just bad okay it's just it's overdone it's it's like the cheesiness of p4s but without all of the like emotional threads because these are just rando assholes um, and I know you're about to say, like, hey, what about the fact that all the people at the end of Nier Automata are rando assholes? Yeah, but those are rando assholes who have suffered the same thing as it, me, so they know what I'm going the, through. The, I guess the difference boils down to that, like, Undertale's is still very... Undertale has been very endearing and, and mm-hmm. like, French gung-ho friendship since the beginning, and it is that kind of game, and that's why it pays off as well as it does. And honestly, the lines themselves, the writing in those moments is not that corny. It's, it's, 
Like, it's all like, yeah, we believe in you and stuff like that, but like, I can't put it into words, but the, the line writing itself reads more, like, reads more naturalistically and sounds like, like what people would actually say to encourage you mm -hmm. versus like people cheering in the streets and yeah, Phantom Thieves. I hate that fucking part of that game so much. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> but no, what, what I really like about that is that, you know, you have to save them. Yeah. Oh man, and it's so good. There's two bits I like, which is that um uh uh two of the, two of them, uh Sans and Papyrus and Toriel and Asgore <laughs> are together. Yeah. And in order to save both of them, you have to be nice to Papyrus. You don't oh, really? you don't have to say anything to Sans. You have to be nice to Papyrus and that will save both Aww. Sans and Papyrus. Oh, Sans loves his brother. And, Come on. How could you not be endeared to that? And, which, of course, which is great. But to me, the which better one, I think, just like slightly better, is that to save Toriel and Asgore, you mm -hmm. have to be nice to Asgore. Really? Yeah, so huh. and it's obvious Sans cares about his brother and loves his brother dearly. He's made that pretty yeah, clear. Pretty, pretty, pretty obvious, yeah. But the fact that deep down Toriel still feels affection for Asgore. Well, that's... Is... Yeah, because it's... Okay, so, like... Like, the thing is that... Unless your your parents' divorce was just, like, this hugely traumatic thing... Um, my mom says this to me a lot. My parents have been divorced since I was, like, two, right? Mm -hmm. um, my, my parents basically have never been together my entire life. And that's fine, you know, you make peace with it. Um, but my mom tells me all the time, she's like, yeah, I still, you know, I love your father platonically because it resulted in the two of you. Uh, me and my brother. Um, so, like, you know, she, she says all the time, she's like, yeah, I want to stay on a friendly relationship terms with your dad because I still care about him just because of, like, he was a part of my life for that period of time. And so, like, I still care about him from, like, an emotional standpoint. And, like, that's where Toriel is coming from. Yeah, it's obvious. But, like, yeah, even if she's so angry at Asgore, it's like... Yeah, well, that... Yeah, but without him, there wouldn't be Asriel. Yeah, you know? to me, but to me, that's that's the difference, is that, like, because all we've seen of Toriel is how cold and indifferent she mm -hmm. seems to be towards Asgore. And yeah. you get the idea that the the thing with with uh, with uh, Asriel and Kara probably happened pretty recently, like, fairly... No, it Recent. happened a long time. I mean, it's happened long enough ago for um, six kids to fall down a hole. I mean, it's been a while. So, yeah, it, it's well, it's hard to pinpoint because um, Toriel and Asgore stopped aging when their kids died. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you get the idea that like, no matter how much time has passed, it feels recent to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But of course, it never get it never goes away. Yeah, but yeah. still, that just that idea that like, despite how angry she is at him and how like cold and how easily she brushes him off like yeah in order to get her back you need to be nice to Asgore yeah and I mean that's it's, such a good it's, it's a good reflection on her as a character yeah it's just you know? very sweet and it is sweet I love that god that's so oh. good I didn't know that it's beautiful that's beautiful mm -hmm. that's so beautiful I love you goat mom <laughs> and like <laughs> and you know all the little things they say like when you are yeah saving them yeah. It's just, oh, it's so sweet and... It's beautiful. I mean, like, that whole sequence is, like, it's done so right because you just, you know, I love the whole you can't save 
you can't save yourself, but maybe you can save somebody else. Yeah. Like, how beautiful, how beautiful of a line is that? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, Toby Fox, come on. And then, um, and then, and then, when you saved all six of them, mm-hmm. and you go to save again. There's it, still someone yeah, left. Yeah, and it just says, someone else. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so beautiful. And <laughs> you get the, like, one of the few, few times that... Frisk has a different sprite. When she hugs when, yeah, Azrael? when she hugs Azrael at the end is one of the few it's times so that they good. actually have a different sprite. Do you, do, what what do you do you you said she a few times, like Oh, that, I kind of def I don't know because I because I, like, I, I know that I canonically tend to, I tend to default toward like it's it's ambiguous and like right. it's intentionally ambiguous so that you can go either way, and like I, I tend mm-hmm. to just use they because it works, yeah. but yeah, in my mind, I kind of lean more towards she. I guess because, uh, I mean, really, it's because I'm projecting. Yeah, a little <laughs> like, bit, yeah. Because uh, I like playing as girl characters, obviously. But I, I, I um, think, like, for me, like, whenever I see, like, androgyny like that, I, I kind mm-hmm. of just, I don't know what it is, I just kind of default towards feminine anyway. Yeah, I don't know... Yeah, and I think I think the whole idea is that Frisk is supposed to be just canonically like gender. It's just yeah, like, gender well, ambiguous. All the all the characters call them call her they call them they. they. Yeah, they use they. Them, they. Yeah, but you know sometimes I still I don't know. Yeah. I still think of them. Sometimes I just go towards she. Maybe because like there's the weird. Are they sort of the same person, or are they like a weird reincarnation of Kara? And I always thought Kara was a girl name, even though Kara is also, um, like, also like their their gender is ambiguous as well, like int- yeah. intentionally ambiguous. Um, but just the name Kara, I always think is a, is like a girl's name. So maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But like, I try to say they, but sometimes I, you know. I, I project, mm-hmm. and I'm like, it's yeah. a girl, because I want to keep playing as girl characters in video games. I have simple needs here, people. Um, but yeah, the whole point when when, when Frisk hugs Azrael is, is... beautiful. Um, it's beautiful. And have you ever seen the... the um, I think it's during Speed Games Done Quick, when there's a... There's a uh, during SDGQ, when, when they're playing Undertale... And the whole audience starts chanting, Hug the goat! Oh, 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 I need to watch <laughs> I need that. Link, I need to link you to it, because it's great. Everybody wants to hug the goat. Oh, that's so and, cute. Uh, again, it's like killing Papyrus. You have to be a monster. I know that, like, you know, but then, I mean, like, God, Asriel has been... Asriel probably got the worst stick of all of Well, them. you know, it, it's a lot like that That thing you, we mentioned when we talked about the Nier uh, episode, where mm-hmm. you talked about how I was like... Why do they even have the bad choices yeah. in the in the you know the encouragement things? And it's like, yeah, well, they need them so that you cannot pick them. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so that's why it is like, yeah, the reason the prompt is there to whether or not to forgive Azrael is so that you cannot pick it. Yeah, and and you know, like God, Toby Fox, you gave me this great ending, but I still feel so bad for Azrael. Oh. I just want to believe that he's okay too somewhere. Even if it's just, you know, they put Flowey in a Hold pot. Hold on, I think I lost you again. You know what I mean? So just give it a second. Did I lose you? Hold on, I, I lost you for like five seconds. Did I lose you? Did my headphones finally give out? Oh, Or no. more than that. Nope. 
Let me see here. Uh, uh, right there? Uh, there we go. Uh, okay. It reconnected. Hey! Internet connections. Yeah. Call your congressman to yeah. make sure. Hey, cops, to make sure they don't kill net neutrality. Yeah. Hey, kids, if you like this podcast and you prefer when we don't keep stammering at each other because we lost one of us lost connection for fifteen seconds, call your congressman and get them to stop to uh, keep net neutrality around because we need it. We need it desperately. Um, because it might yeah, kill the our... podcast if we don't have it. <laughs> it's true. Um, so, yeah. Uh, that was our plug. Yeah. But, like, I just, I want to believe, even if it's just putting Flowey in a pot and carrying yeah, it around in a backpack. Even, I, I want to believe you know? that's, that's, that's what we were talking about, is, is Flowey coming back. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, I, you know, like, that's all I ask. Just be the little meanie friend that everyone still likes and teases all the time. Yeah. And, and you know, he kind of, like, slowly learns how to feel things again. You know? Like, give me that. Come on, game. Come on, Toby Fox. Throw me a bone here. I'm, I'm, I'm a sad lady playing a sad video now, game. Now, what I really liked is that mm-hmm. reading about the ending where he's like, yeah, take all the ending scenes at face value. They're, everyone is yeah. happy and okay, and things are great. Oh my god, I know, I'm so glad. It's like, yes! Like, it was all worth it! Yes! Everybody is happy, and all of the humans are kind to the monsters, and everybody reintegrates into society perfectly. That's all I ask. I know it's not realistic, and I don't give a fuck. This is a game about talking skeletons, damn it. It's fine. And Papyrus you know? gets his cool car. And... Yeah, and he gets, and the king cuts a shrub in the shape of his face, just like he said he would. Papyrus gets everything he deserves in life, damn it. It's perfect. Don't hurt Papyrus, he's As long as Papyrus is happy, I'm happy. I'm happy. (laughs) That's all that matters. Yeah, I was um, I was crying a little at the at the end credits. I got a little weepy yeah. at a few parts for sure because it was like it's so emotionally satisfying. Mm-hmm. I actually probably got the weepiest. I, I made the long, long, long trek back to the first room of the game where you were Frisk first falls in, um, and I went to talk to Azriel. I actually think I probably got the most teary eyed there for some reason. Um, I don't know, maybe because I have brothers, and I was just thinking, like, oh, what a horrible situation for a brother to be stuck mm-hmm. in. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Um, but that whole conversation, all of those... those oh, yeah, well, and also just walking so around sad. walking around the, the underground. Saying bye. Yeah. Is so beautiful. And, oh, man. Uh, I, I, hit, I, didn't, I didn't hit up everyone, but I hit up all the people I wanted to hit up. I hit up the Temmies, I hit up Burger yeah. Pants, I hit up uh, Caddy and Braddy, Monster Kid. Yeah. Yeah, like, everybody who you want to talk yeah. to. Um, I said bye to Girlsby, you know, all those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and just the, the final conversation with Asriel, and, um, like, really briefly, because we're about to talk about Kara and, and all of that, uh, I really, I don't know, because of the way the game had set it up with, like, everything in the pacifist ending and everything in the neutral ending, I didn't expect this idea of Kara being malevolent. In any way, I just thought they were a kid with maybe some problems, uh, which is true. Um, but the part when Azriel is like, "Yeah, Kara kind of hated people and yeah. like wanted them to suffer," I was like, "Oh, okay." You, you get the That's I- not what I was expecting. You get the idea that Kara started out as being just a kid with some anger issues, and then 
Right. When they hatched their plan, that was the turning point that it's, no, we're gonna fuck them all up. Yeah. And, and you know, you say that, kid with anger issues. It's an interesting thing that Azrael brings up that, like Kara, you know, he says, nobody comes back from Mount Ebbet. You know, so, like, why did you climb this mountain, Frisk? Like, yeah. what did you want? And that's such, like, a moment. I was like, oh, man, did this eight-year-old try to kill themselves? Like, yeah, you know, it's kind of like this weird implication that, like, maybe they did. Well, you there's only really one thing about that you learn about Frisk, and that is at the mm-hmm. very end end of the game where Toriel asks, don't you have anyone to go home to? Yeah. And you can say yeah. no. Yeah. And, and and she they say like I have places to go, which is not the same as I need to go home. Yeah. You know? Or or they can stay with with Toriel. Yeah. You know? It's so And that's the only indication we ever get as to what Frisk's life is like. Right. Um but, you know, it, that's just enough of an implication, really, to, to kind of give you an idea of the character. And it, and it does kind of make it even, like, an even sweeter story. This idea of, like, a, of a kid who doesn't have anything and is just like, I'm going to climb this mountain because nobody ever comes back from it. And we'll just see what happens. And it's like, you know, like you said with the whole Sans quote, it's like, you didn't gain love, but you gained love, you know? Mm-hmm. It's beautiful! Uh, it's, it's beautiful! I'm tearing up just thinking about to it! Me, the, the, <laughs> to me, the line is sold with the you know at the end. Yeah, I, it's beautiful! Mm, I love it, but yeah. Oh my god, it's so good! <laughs> uh, Undertale is really good. So, uh. So, let's talk about the bad part, though. Let's talk about the sad, messed up part of Undertale, because boy, it's compelling in its own horrifying way. You know, we... we right? Yeah, and I, I mentioned this before, but like, I want to elaborate on it, where it's like, I, I really, really think that like it's so stark that the genocide run is so soulless compared to how, like, packed everything about the mm-hmm. neutral or even, or like, the... the, the neutral leaning towards pacifist or even the true pacifist route mm-hmm. is in that like when you when you are on genocide you go through hotland in like two minutes oh yeah there's no it, it the game is completely removed of all of its charm and that's the whole point I have a lot of feelings about the genocide route and like why it's not really meant to be played, yeah, if that it, makes it, any what sense. What I feel about it is that I think it is meant to be played because it gives, does give you some good story about Kara and it gives you mm-hmm. great... In, you, you don't get the full story without experiencing it. You miss out on yeah. a lot of what's a lot of Sans and a lot of Kara, who is only yeah. very briefly alluded to in the true pacifist route. Right, right, right. Um, but it is an ending that the game... I said, like, it feels reluctant to give you... It, mm-hmm. I, I want to change that. I think it feels more bitter that it's giving it to you. Yeah, I think bitterness is the right is, word because the whole reluctant implies that like it's kind of like more passive. I think the game is mad at you when you do passive when you do genocide. I think so too. I really do think. I think the major theme. If there's one thing that Undertale is about, at least I think. I'm sure I mean it's about a lot of things. It's about determination and hopes and dreams and and you know, power of friendship, which is corny, but whatever, it's beautiful in this context. Um 
If Undertale is about one thing, like one thing for sure, it's about letting go. Um, that's like my big, that's like my big hot take on Undertale is that Undertale is about letting it go. You know, yeah. it's about, about letting go of, of all the bad stuff that you've done and all the bad stuff that's happened to you. You know, the, the Alphys can't let go of, of what she did to the Amalgamates. Toriel and, and Asgore both can't let go of what happened to, to Kara and to, to, Asriel. Um, to Asriel. And, and, you know, even like, th- even small things like Undine can't let go of kind of this promise that she has to, to Asgore to, to bring human souls. You know, it's a, yeah. The game is about that. And it's about kind of letting go of, of some of those, those hangups, those, those like con- those, those yeah. obsessions. Like even, even Papyrus, who's obsessed with being a, a royal guard, which he will never, he can never be one. Right. No matter what happens, Undine will not allow that for him, which can be right. seem mean, but like he he's happier once he's allowed to let that go. Yeah, when he lets it go and is more like more willing to like protect Frisk instead of like handing them over to to Undine, he, he he's happier that way, you know. And it's it's not just about like letting go of your hangups; it's about letting go, like you said, of of obsession, um, and. Undertale thematically is about letting go of <laughs> it'll be hard because I'll probably be talking about this game for the next six months but eventually you even have to let go of Undertale yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well and what I think mean like more mean by that is not let go of it as a game because yeah there's the fandom is still huge and like there's still a lot mm-hmm. of stuff to talk about and there's a lot of fan art to reblog <laughs> yeah. um, oh my god <laughs> help me um, help me <laughs> <laughs> but but the game itself is like, I mean, if once you do True Pacifist, the game actively discourages you from playing it ever again. Flowey tells you like, don't don't yeah. you know you're ruining You'll, all of these people's happiness. You, you you did it. You brought happiness to everyone. Everyone's doing great. You saved them all. Don't what more could yeah, you want? Don't don't do it again. Right and. Don't don't make them relive it over and yeah. over again. And on the flip side, once you do a genocide route, That's you it. are locked out of the true pacifist forever. Yeah, you, you're stuck with a soulless pacifist route instead. Yeah. And it's it's like a punishment. It's like yeah. a it's it's like a bitterness, like, like you said. It's it's you couldn't let it go, and this is what happened. The, the difference, and of course, the difference being that you can continue freely if at the end of a two pacifist mm-hmm. they will let you do it but no mm-hmm. once you do genocide there is no going back ever yeah i mean you could fiddle with files but like it's honestly it's crazy how well toby fox has done to embed these files in yeah. the game to where like removing them is kind of a pain in the ass and, like you have to go through directories and shit like and that and it's like you know? it's like the whole thing is that flowey's like oh you think you're immune to consequence and mm-hmm. these people who go through and delete, you know, the necessary files are, like, basically saying, yes, yes, Flowey, you are right. I think I am above consequence. And, yeah, it's interesting to me, this idea of, of, like, of, 
It's like Toby Fox is saying it to you. Like, okay, you want to keep playing Undertale? Fine. Here's more Undertale. Here's the genocide route. Go do what you want. Kill all the characters you want. Do whatever you want. Um, but the game won't have any of its charm. It won't have any of its fun music or its fun characters. You won't get to do any of that. You know, you won't get to enjoy what makes Undertale Undertale. You're... You are literally possessing this game the way that Kara kind of possesses you're, Frisk. You're forcing it to do something it doesn't want to do. Yeah, exactly. Now, and with two notable exceptions, and that is being Undine and Sans, but... Boy, oh boy, they're so cool. <laughs> um, But that said, even then, you know, those feel kind of... Those are like hollow victories because you're kind of... You know, we were saying that this game does the whole... Uh, Heroic. This game does the whole hero's last stand thing really well. Yeah. Except that two of there's four heroes last stands in this game that you could you can quantify. There's Frisk versus Photoshop Flowey. There's Frisk and uh, saving all the souls of of their friends and then saving Azrael. And then the other two heroes last stands are Undine the Undying and Sans versus you. Yeah, you are the one like, who was like the, the song. Undine's song is even called Battle Against a True Hero. A true hero, yeah. Like, the whole point is that you are playing the villain here, and... And, and you are doing something, like, legitimately villainous yeah, in, in doing the genocide you, route. The reason that Undine becomes Undine the Undying is because she took a blow against Monster... Like, for, that was for mm-hmm. Monster Kid. Yeah. And it even killed her in one shot, which is like... Yeah. And she's like, you were going to obliterate Monster Kid. Yeah, he was going to be paced um, before he turned into dust. And, and like... Like, so this goes back to DDLC. If we're going to wrap this conversation back around into Dan Salvato. Um, it is interesting to me... Because I mentioned it during DDLC, and I'll mention it again here. Um, Some people have said that they, instead of deleting Monica, they felt so connected to this character. Because she does have a lot of really great moments in the the purgatory classroom where it feels like she really cares for you. Um, Instead of deleting that character file, they save it on a USB drive to keep it safe. And the same thing, you read about it, I think even somebody I follow on Tumblr did it. They saved their true pacifist run for Undertale on a USB drive to keep it safe because it's this question of how much emotional connection do you have to fictional characters? Yeah. Like how real how real is Monica to you that you that you're willing to make them suffer? How real are the characters in Undertale to you? that you're kind of willing to put them through this? Are you willing to do something horrible just for the sake of video game completion? For, for, or to, to satisfy your own curiosity? Because you don't need to know anything about Kara. You don't need to know anything about what Sans is up to. Because Sans' whole knowing of the save states is barely mentioned in yeah. the normal game. It's kind of hinted at a little bit, depending on what you've done. And right. Flowey hints at it even more. But mm-hmm. you, but, but Flowey reveals it in the neutral ending. He reveals why he knows his stuff, and same right. with the, uh, you know. So it's 
you don't need to learn about this. It's to state your own you curiosity. You learn enough about Kara. You learn enough about Kara just at the end of True Passages. Yeah, you don't need to do this. And, you know, the fact that the game locks you out of... It locks you into Soulless Pacifist. Mm-hmm. And all the advertising is this is the RPG where no one has to die. Yeah. So this game is actively encouraging you to play to play pacifist or to play as close as you can and then do the true pacifist mm-hmm. in the next run mm-hmm. and then be done. Yeah, and that's the thing, because Toby Fox has a lot to say just by making genocide like such a, an emotional slog in a lot of ways um, about the, the inanity and uselessness of video game completionism. Um, just filling out numbers... For the sake of filling out numbers. That's why all of the PlayStation trophies for Undertale, PS4, and Vita version are useless. Um, they, they You get them because you got, like, you know, you got 1G, or you bought an item. That kind of thing. Um, and, and, or you donate to the dog shrine. Yeah. You know? Oh. <laughs> the awesome dog shrine. Um, you know, it's about kind of the inanity and uselessness and pointlessness of video game completionism. And so... That's basically all the genocide route is about. It's like, are you willing to strip every last bit of charm from this game just for the sake of saying you did it? Exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and and like the playthrough itself it just feels so desolate and empty and cold, except for the Undine and Sans fight. Yeah, and it, it's all very sad, and the whole "but no one came" popping yeah. up on the screen is really, like, the first time you see it, it's really chilling, you know? You're just like, oh, you literally can depopulate an area. Yeah. And, and... And, even so, it still calls out cowards like us. Who are only willing to watch it yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, Flowey straight up says, like, at least you're not, like, one of those people who just watch the carnage and don't participate. In my defense, Flowey, go fuck yourself <laughs> for one. Two... It is super, super hard, not just because, like, the Undine and Sans fights are hard, but also because the way the game is scripted, the further you get in the genocide route, the lower the encounter rate is. So not only does it, not only does it take a while to depopulate an area just in general, but the further you go, the longer it takes to depopulate an area. Yeah, I don't have that kind of time. I got a job, Flowey, and more video games to play. So yeah, I'm gonna watch it on YouTube. Sorry. Um, you're just an asshole flower anyways. <laughs> exactly. But, with all that said about Genocide Route, there are two shining moments. Oh my god, they're so cool. Oh my god, oh, oh my god, oh my god. Fucking, oh, the uh, Undine fight is so, so cool. cool. And Undine the Undying is the best. And, and, and the fucking, like, that first, like, the first time I watched the Sans fight, and it's that first salvo of attacks, yeah. where, like, because, like, in every other boss fight in this entire game, Frisk always gets the first attack, right? Yeah, it's the... Nope. Not this time. <laughs> yeah, the fact that he's the only character who can dodge. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, that first opening salvo from, from Sans, where it's just, like, all of this shit flying at you at once is, like, the craziest shit I've ever seen in a game. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, I survived it. And then you try to attack him, and he dodges. And it's like, oh, I guess it's gonna be one of those. And, and, like, 
Battle Against a True Hero and Megalovania are both, like, fucking oh. radical attacks. Like, the coolest songs in the game. Like, man, okay? They're so cool. Listen, like like I said, like, yeah, Megalovania is a great song. It's not even, but it's not the best song in the game. But it's still a great song. It's, it's still top five. Like, I think Megalovania is, like, my second favorite song in the game. Probably behind Battle Against a True yeah. Hero. <laughs> Like, both of those songs are so damn good. Um, and so, and like, yeah, the only place you can get them is in the genocide route. And, you know, it's it's crazy, but they both, like, they're, they both get these big kind of character development moments where Undine goes from being like a, like the, the crazy, goofy, hot-blooded kind of, like, Gynax character, you know, mm-hmm. to like... Like, she doesn't have any commentary. She doesn't do the whole, like, draws her thumb across her neck thing. No. In in the Undine, the Undying fight. All it says the whole time is, the wind is howling. So, you get this great image of just, like, this stone-silent Undine who's like, I will put everything on the line to stop this little horrible goblin child. And And even when she does fail, like, even when she does fall, like, it's, haha, I still won. Because Alpha's yeah. got everyone out. Yeah, yeah, I bought I bought enough time. Alpha's still got everybody out, you know. In the end, you know, she was still, like, heroic. You know, she went from being, like, the... She just wants to be the cool, boisterous, like, hero character. It's like a genuine heroic mm-hmm. moment where she takes a blow for somebody. And then her, her determination is so intense that she literally brings herself back from the point of death. She's been bisected. Yeah. Like, just... Like, cut in half, and she, she just powers through it. She's like, no, fuck you, I'm not dying yet. And she has the cool light coming out of her eyes, and she's just so intense, and the music is amazing, and ah, I love her. She's so cool. Uh, and then, you know? And then Sans, of course, follows up with that, with the, the one-liner. The It's a oh, beautiful man. day outside, the birds are singing, yes. and the grass is growing. Kids like you should be burning in hell. Should be burning in hell? Oh, man. And so... Oh, man, it's so good. And then he keeps track of the number of times he's killed you, and he taunts you every time, and sometimes he skips his intro so the battle just starts? Yes. He doesn't even drop the kids like you should be burning in hell line. He just starts with, like, this crazy salvo, and, like, the whole time he's, like, taunting you, and he's like, what, you didn't think I'd just stand here and take it, did you? And, like, and the crazy thing is that Sans only has, okay, for one, he only has one defense, he only has one HP. Yeah. And so... He is the definitive the, glass cannon. He is! And the thing is that, for one, he has a, um, what's it called? It's got a passive ability called Karmic Retribution that negates your invincibility frame. Yeah. So, you are taking 30 points of damage per second. Yeah, well, if you get like, caught in a beam, it's just going to drop you. Yeah, exactly. And they do poison damage. Yeah. Every attack does poison damage. So, it's like this crazy fight where, like, all there's tons of things going on because he's borrowing stuff from, like, Papyrus's fight, and he's got the Gaster Blasters, and, like... The, it's just the coolest goddamn the thing. The gravity shifting where he drops your heart onto different walls yes. and the spikes come out. It's all. Oh. It's so cool. It's so fucking cool. And the whole time he's like knowledge drop, like knowledge bombing you. Yeah. And like, and then like the ending is, I read this, the final, 
attack is 40 seconds long. You have to survive for 40 seconds, which is a long time in, like, an Undertale battle to be stuck in, like, in the, in the little, the little shooty bang screen, you know? It's, it's 40 Uh, seconds. It's so rad. I mean, both of those fights are so rad. (laughs) That's, like, that's, the the idea idea of that salvo being 40 seconds long is, like, the opposite of Sephiroth's meteor attack in 7 that takes, like, an entire minute to go through. Yeah. And, and, and... It's just so... Both of those fights are so cool. Because, like, yeah, it's this whole idea of, like, two characters who are kind of, like... Like, you know, Undine is, like, a little... Kind of a glory hound, even if she does... You know, she loves everybody in the underground, of course, but she still kind of wants to be the cool hero. And it's, like, a... It's not entirely selfless, because, you know, nobody can be entirely selfless. She's, you know... Ironically, she's human. I mean, yeah. she's not, but you know what I mean. Um... She acts like a person, like a real person would. She wants, she kind of wants some of that glory, and she wants to be the cool badass. And then, you know, in the genocide route, she kind of has that that moment where she like pushes past it and decides to do something like truly selfless and sacrifice herself to defend everybody and hold back this horrible little goblin monster. And then Sans's boss fight is like, you know, I can't be lazy anymore because if I do, you're going to get out of here and you're going to like destroy everything. And so, like, both of these are, like, big character develop moments, and they're inside the fucking genocide route, and all they do, all they exist to do is make you look way worse. And they're also <laughs> so frustratingly hard that, again, the game is saying, mm-hmm. give up. Yeah, just you give up, reset, be don't do the happy one. ending. Yeah, and Sans even says, like... If you were my, he says, if you, you you have the option to spare him in the middle of the fight, and of course, yeah, he, he kills you. Get, you get dunked you, on. Get dunked on. Um, and if he and he says, you know, if you were my friend, if you really are my friend, you'll just reset after this, and you'll go back, and this will be over. Like we won't do this ever again. Yeah. And of course, you keep coming back if you're like, you know, if you want to keep doing it over and over again, you keep coming back. And so, like, even that is, like, another kind of thing from the game saying, like, give up. Like, let it go. Like, you know? To the point that, again, the shops get voided because everyone mm-hmm. evacuates. Um, the shops that yeah. do remain open despise you. The, mm-hmm. I can't remember the turtle guy's name. The old turtle. Gerson? Gerson? Gerson, yeah, Gerson? Will Gerson. refuse to talk to you about anything and he will actively mock you mm-hmm. for every step. Like, every, every menu you're in, he'll mock you for. Mm-hmm. The save yeah. points all just say determination. That's it. Yeah. yeah. There's no fun about it anymore. There's Which is interesting if you go back to like knowing that determination is like a quantifiable thing in this world. And so it's kind of like 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 Kara reminding you of that. Yeah. Like this is like your determination. Like you've got determination just coursing through you to do this horrible, horrible thing. Um and the music like, slows down to a crawl, and so it's just, like, this sad, oppressive air. There's no charming NPCs anywhere, you know? It's, like... Like, I'm... Like, the genocide route is fucked up, and you shouldn't do it, but it, it's an interesting way... It's... It's an it's interesting an, little exercise. It's almost like a necessary evil, because someone had mm-hmm. to do it so that we could talk about it, you know? Yeah, and it and it definitely is a good way to kind of look at like Toby Fox's game design philosophy yeah. and his philosophies on like 
on, like I said, like, 100% completion and things like that. Like, how important is it to you, really? Like, um, a line that gets actually repeated a lot through the game by a lot of different characters, but especially Asriel, is, uh, don't you have anything better? Yeah, 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 exactly. Where it's like, you know, it, it really circles back to this whole idea of, like, how you should play games. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, there... I, I never like giving blanket statements on this podcast because there's always an exception mm-hmm. somewhere. You right. know? So generally, the idea is, like, play however you want. Get all the achievements, you know, grind. Because mm-hmm. I love speedruns. And speedruns yeah. are breaking a game down to its most basic mechanics and breaking that. It's not about enjoying the story. It's not about, like, in, having, like experiencing, like, you know, unique gameplay experiences. It's about going through as quickly as you can. But with, with Undertale, mm-hmm. and also with games like Earthbound or, like, with Nier, where it's like, no, play the game the way that they're, like, like the, the creators intended for you to do. Are you there? Oh, my God. Did I lose all of that I just said? You cut out after you said playing the game. Oh, Are okay, that's quick. Yeah, I said playing the game the way that the creators intended for you to do it. So it's like, these games, like, you know, like I said, like, Near Earthbound, or Undertale, where it's like, no, they want you to experience this game a certain way, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, it's like, you don't read certain books just on the train or, like, on the bus. You sit down in a quiet room and read them. You know, you you don't watch certain movies with a bowl of popcorn and your friends. You watch them by yourself, you know? Because yeah, to like reflect on what's going on. Yeah, so you can understand it. Like, and so that's that's mm-hmm. what this kind of Undertale is, where it's like, yeah, the the genocide route is there and it's important, but it's like, it, it it's not really even meant to be played. You, it's interesting. You yeah, know? it's like, it, it's like the the genocide route exists and it's it's present and it it, it offers a unique ex- perspective. But it's like the game is like, you don't have to. You, you don't have to do it. You no. can. You can stop right here. You, everyone is happy. You can stop. And, yeah. And the interesting thing is you can stop all the way up until Kara offers you, like, their horrible devil's deal. Like, you can, at the moment Kara is like, sell your soul to me and help me erase this world, you can, like, turn the game off and reset right there if you wanted to. Um, So, like, up until even the very last seconds of the game, you have a choice to do the right thing. And... If you want, like, at that point, when Kara's, like, help me destroy this world and sell your soul to me, like, at that point, you you kind of, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know how to, like, put it into words. It, like, it's a point of no return. Like, yeah. like in the most most concrete way possible. Because at that point, it's like... You're ruining all future happiness. When you get to that point, the game is mm-hmm. like it takes until the very end of the game before the game it's, is tells you, "All right, this is it for you." Yeah. If you're going to, like this is the this is the moment where you become like a real monster. Yeah. There, the, you cannot you cannot undo this mistake. And even it feels almost like an out for Toby Fox in a way. It's like, okay, you satisfied your curiosity and you did the genocide route. Uh, and so, like, you're kind of a, you know, like, you didn't have to, but 
here you are, and you can you can let this go. You don't have to satisfy your curiosity about this one thing, you know? Yeah, you can... There's nothing... Like... To learn from Yeah, it. once you make that choice, there's nothing afterward. It's yeah. just over. It's just the implication of all future pacifist routes are bad ends. Yeah, you... You know? Making... Taking Kara's offer is... There's no... It's kind of the only permanent thing in the game. There's no story after taking Kara's offer. There's Mm -hmm. nothing more to sate your curiosity. At this point, you're doing it to mess up your game and mess, like... There's no, like, other benefit. You know, you do do the the genocide route to see what the story holds. You know, that's... It's still bad, but you have a, a reason to do it. Yeah. So you do. You have no reason like that to take Kara's offer, and that's what makes it really, like, th- that's why that that is the moment where there's no going back. And you can, you can walk up to Kara, quit the game, and reset, and it'll be fine. And at that point, like yeah. like I said, that is the only truly permanent decision in the yeah. game. Like, everything else can be reset and fixed, but once you sell your soul to basically the khaki-wearing devil, um, like, that's it for you. You know, you've now kind of set yourself down one path and one path only, so no matter how many times you reset, like, that's it, you know? Yeah. And, like, that's super fascinating. Like, that's really interesting and really, really cool. Really cool. Holy holy shit, Undertale is such a good game. Undertale is really good. And we talked about it for three hours. I think this might be our longest episode, and it's I think so. one of the shortest games we've ever played. But there's so much to yeah. talk about. And like, you, there's a lot of content packed into this little game. And what's really crazy is, yeah, at this point, I have, like, basically no desire to replay it. The only chance I might have at replaying it is if, for whatever reason, somewhere down the line, I reformat my hard drive mm-hmm. and I lose my save data for it because yep. then I'll have to restore the the right. pacifist route that I set up it's kind of like it's funny in a way it's like replaying the air automata yeah. to 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 restore that save game so that somebody else can use it to beat ending E. yeah yeah know? exactly you're you're replaying the game to make sure that that happy ending stays stays in place yeah you know it's really cool. But, it's really smart. <laughs> it's a good game. It's a good ass game. Yeah. But I think that's. Is that it? I, Are we good? I don't have anything else. Um, <sighs> feels good to get all that off my um, chest. <laughs> oh, uh, Burger Pants is great. Burger Pants is one of the best characters. He's Burger so Pants, relatable. Burger Pants is relatable if you've ever worked in retail or food <laughs> services. Yep. I yep. I love his his like worried face where he just gets really tiny in the corner. Yes, <laughs> and his forehead is huge, and he's just, like, staring off into a corner, because, boy, that is a really relatable emotion right there, where you're just like, uh, I fucked up. Uh, um, all the- I love all of the little NPCs. I like the two schoolgirls in Hotland. I've, like, really latched onto mm-hmm. them. I like, um... They're cute. I like, uh, Brad and Caddy. All the shopkeepers are great. All of the shopkeepers, those are, they're, they're, uh, their screens are beautiful. Yeah. I like, those are so, they're the most beautiful mm-hmm. animations. Um, especially the bunny shopkeeper in, in Snowden. Like, hers is yes. so, com- it's so cozy looking, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, 
and like what else everything is so good oh my god uh, i love this game yeah uh um is that I, I think it? I, I think I've I'm tapped out on Undertale. Like. I'm tapped out. I feel like anything else we'll probably tweet about it. Yeah. So yeah, we don't even have to do our usual outro because no. we did it at the beginning. And um, I don't think there's anyone to tell the fuck off in this game. Not even Kara and Fumi. Oh, I got one. You do? Uh, fuck that Muffet battle. <laughs> yeah, fuck fuck the battle. Not Muffet fuck the character, the, no. but she's cute. Fuck that fight. It's horrible. Like, fuck you, Toby Fox. Parts of that are literally impossible. I hate you. Kiss my ass. There's no... I, I'm gonna... After we get done with this with this, with this, this podcast, I'm literally going onto YouTube and seeing if anybody has done it without getting yeah, hit. Yeah, find a, a okay? Miss Muffet, a Muffet no damage fight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they exist for, like, Undine and Sans, but I don't believe one exists for Muffet, and if they do, they're cheating. They're cheating. I don't believe them. <laughs> All right. Good night, everyone. We're done. It's been three hours. Good night, night, everyone.